Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All righty, loves. Welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Tanner Saunders, uh, the man behind the glass and uh, one of the growing group of runners uh, we have at uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. Everybody's got their runs at WBEN. It started off with uh, Tim Wenger and then uh, Lisa Polizzi and then Tanner Saunders. I'm not sure exactly whether Lisa was first or Tanner was first, but all these people are into running. And all I can say is, let's compare knees, shall we, in about five years. I'm just putting it out there. Of course, I'm a little bow-legged anyway, so uh, maybe I'm not a really, maybe that's not a really good challenge. Anyway, uh, great to be with you. Uh, uh, by the way, um, I know that many of you are looking forward to April 8th and the eclipse. I don't want anybody to be shocked, startled. I don't want anybody to have uh, heart palpitations or anything like that. Um, what you see outside right now is a common phenomenon in some parts of the world, uh, less so here, but it's called sunlight. And that large globe of very bright right, uh, very bright right, <laughs> very bright right, I guess I did have Thai food for lunch, uh, a very, hey, I can make that joke, it's okay, of very bright light in the sky is known as the sun. It is known as, yes, the sun. I, yes, I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, it, it, it's unusual to see. It's nothing at which to be alarmed, okay? It's out there, and I guarantee, because this happened to me, if you take your car to a car wash today and you get it washed, Within five minutes, you're going to go through a puddle of standing water from the snow melt off. Oh, does that ever aggravate me? And not not to mention that, but uh, the the only way uh, to really get this kind of dirt off a car, in my opinion, is uh, is with your hand. Um, you know, get a good hand. I can't really say that because um, people would take it the wrong way. Uh, get a handy. Uh, as far as your uh, car wash is concerned, because uh, this stuff just, it doesn't come off, man. And I knew I needed a car wash because I got out of the car today, brushed up against it, and my car looked like uh, looked like Santa, you know, blew his nose on my sleeve, and that's not really a good feeling to have. So anyway, uh, very good to be with you. We're here all the way up until 6 o'clock. Thank you to David Bellavia for the magnificent lead-in and... Um, I 
want to tell you that it's 11 minutes after 2, and we have uh, something that I want to start off with. And uh, we did this, I don't know how many years ago. I really, you know what, I, I mean, honestly, I don't remember these things. Might have been two years ago. Might have been 20 years ago. I don't remember. Um, but uh, we, this kind of came to mind because uh, this is the time of year, March I'm sorry, February. I'm already, see, I'm already looking ahead to March. Um, but this is the time of year. How many days? 30 days, is that, Carrie? Okay. So, anyway, sorry, a little inside note there to somebody special to me. But, anyway, um, the uh, situation is uh, uh, ever since I have been talking about this trip to Germany that we're taking with conservativetours.com, I have been uh, deluged by people saying, well, people, uh, there's a lot of interest in this tour through conservativetours.com, okay? And I've never been to Germany before. My daughter's been there several times. My daughter's been everywhere several times. My kid, uh, good grief, 33 years old, and she's been to, I, I think the only place she hasn't been to is Antarctica, and maybe Asia, and then that's about it. But I did actually play the Asia CD from her back from the early 1980s, so I think that uh, was kind of the you know heat of the moment right there. But uh, Tanner, do you even, do you have, do you have any idea what I'm talking about when I say Asia heat of the moment? Just out of curiosity. Uh, perhaps I'm sure if I pull it up and listen to it, it'll come to me. But I yes. think it's vaguely familiar. Okay, well, you look that up. Asia, Heat of the Moment, uh, great song from roughly the same era as Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow, another fine uh, bit of music. But anyway, I digress. Um, many, many of you have taken these awesome trips to places that we might not even think of, might not even be on our travel horizon uh, as far as trips. Now, I will tell you that the, uh, the Germany thing... Um, is special to me because many, many years ago, my grandparents told me that if I ever learned to speak German, they would send me to Germany. Of course, they didn't say anything about getting me back from Germany. They just said they'd send me to Germany. Hmm. But they said they said that they would send me to Germany. Now, they didn't do that, but they made up for it in other ways. So this is not like a dig on my grandparents. Um I mean, I enjoyed the Rolls Royce. I really did. <clears throat> not really. That's not how they made up for it. But uh, there are places um, that I think everybody, like every, okay, if you are of Italian or Sicilian descent and you could pick anywhere in the world you wanted to go, where would you go? I know where you'd go. You'd go to Italy and you'd go to Sicily. Hell, I want to go to Italy and Sicily. Are you kidding me? I want to see these places about which I have read so much. I've been to Greece. I've been to Turkey, which was really weird. It was bizarre because have you ever gone somewhere? And this has happened mm, in two different countries in the course of my travels in life. Two different countries. May, well, maybe three different countries. Um, Turkey the minute I stepped ashore in Turkey, and this was before the DNA testing was real big, and I realized that I probably have cousins in Turkey, uh, maybe distant cousins, but cousins nonetheless, I, I immediately felt, wow, Turkey kind of feels like home. And I had this flashback to the Patton movie with George C. Scott. I felt as though, okay, never been here before, 
but I feel like I've been here before. This is really weird. It was a real strong case of deja vu. It was just, it was, it was bizarre. And I'm not somebody who comes down with deja vu all that often. I don't know if you are, but I, I, I just don't. Um, the other country that is home to me is uh, Jamaica. And I've lost track in the number of times I've been to Jamaica. And I actually ran into somebody today at a local medical facility who has been there about as many times as I have. And she calls herself a Jamaican, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, she's been all over the island except Kingston, which I would not recommend um, unless you're in a Bradley fighting vehicle. That's the only way you should ever go to Kingston, Jamaica. Okay, David can D- D- Bellavia can give you some handy hints on house-to-house fighting if you uh, ever need some. Uh, if should you go to J- Kingston, Jamaica, but the rest of the island is uh, is okay. But obviously, you've got a. I know the State Department has put out travel warnings, but you've got to use the same common sense that you would use anywhere else. Uh, Stay among groups of people. Um, I don't do a lot of wandering off. In fact, I don't do much wandering uh, at all off of any resort in Jamaica. And even so, there are still the chances that something untoward might happen to you. Um... Since You've Been Gone is done by Head East. I be, Well, they may have done a version called, or they may have done a song called Since You've Been Gone, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. The one I'm thinking of was done by Rainbow, or as some people who did not like the band used to call it, Rainblow. And uh, Tanner can look that up uh, because he's not talking at the same time as uh, he's trying to think. So... Anyway, where was I? Ah, yes. Uh, Jamaica is uh, one of those countries where it's just, it's the strangest thing. I I just, I mean, Jamaica, if you don't know, Jamaica is like 99% filled with our black brothers and sisters. And I'm a white guy. And it's never, ever been an issue at all. Um, Never any racism directed toward me. Uh, Always respect and always courteous and I'm very fond of the people of Jamaica. I mean, like any other place, it's going to have its scumbags, but I'm rather, I'm rather fond of Jamaica. Thank you very much. And the other, the other place that, that hit me as a place where, uh, if, I don't know what it's like since the hurricane hit it a few years ago, but there's an island in the Caribbean, and it, it's called Tortola. And in Spanish, it means uh, turtle dove. And it was the most beautiful beach I've ever seen, at least before the hurricane, in Tortola. It was it was beyond beautiful. And we had the beach, four of us pretty much had the beach to ourselves. And it was great. The only downside to the beach, I've said this before on the air, and I'll try to be very genteel about this, um, the facilities, uh, a single porta potty. And all I can say is I don't know how it was done because it defies all laws of human um, manipulation and human movement. Let's just say that there was a Mount Everest of doo-doo in the porta potty. I have no idea who put the top peak on, but whoever it was must have been very tall, very long-legged, and very agile. I, I I was disgusted mostly, but then I absolutely I thought it was absolutely marvelous. I was going to take a photo of it and, and put it on Facebook because the 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 ingenuity that went behind that was uh, amazing. But you know I hear stories now. Uh, 
you you've got look you've got your dream trips right um i think a lot of people want to go to hawaii and hawaii wasn't ready for hawaii hawaii was like i think i've ended up in asia i think the plane took a wrong tour uh, a wrong turn and i think we are in asia hawaii is extremely um asian in terms of the uh, population and the, well, the tourists, the population, uh, there is a very strong indigenous Hawaiian population. And for reasons which go back to a very famous case known as the Massey case back in the 1920s or 30s, um, a lot of the natives uh, of Hawaii um, are a little bit skeptical of those who come from the continental United States uh, to visit. Uh, there was a lot of animosity back in the day between native Hawaiians uh, when Hawaii was not yet a state. Uh, it may still exist, but uh, Hawaii was, was super, it was super cool. It, I'm not going to lie. It was super awesome. It was super beautiful. And what you come away with, I don't know, if, if you've been to Hawaii, maybe you can relate, maybe you can't relate. But um, when you take off from the airport or when you land at the airport, um, you are struck by the remoteness of it. Like, okay, you have just flown how many hours across nothing but ocean? You look down and you see a bunch of islands. There you go. That's Hawaii, a bunch of islands. And it just seems like in the middle of nowhere, there you are over Hawaii. And no, we did not find Amelia Earhart. We didn't get that far east, but, or, or actually that far west, as the case may be. But... Uh, you know, I, I hear – we talk to people on the show uh, who have taken trips to uh, places that are a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, now, again, everybody thinks about I – th- I think most people think about London, been there a couple of times, Paris, been there once. But there are places that are really super cool that might that, – that where you have been – and you have been pleasantly surprised. And I've never been there, but I used to go out with this young lady who was of Hungarian extraction and um, Budapest, uh, which is actually Buda and Pest, but you combine them and it's Budapest. And apparently Budapest is an absolutely beautiful city. And don't even try to learn Hungarian because it's utterly impossible. The closest relative is Finnish. And even it's not that close, but um, Hungary is a purportedly gorgeous place. And and Budapest is allegedly a beautiful city. And, of course, Prague. Uh, Many of you have been to Prague, and I've heard great things about Prague and how amazing Prague is. Uh, Some of you have been to Croatia, and I forget where it was. Could have been on TV, might have been on the Internet. Doesn't really matter too much. But I saw, <laughs> maybe you've seen it too. I've seen an advertisement, come tour Croatia. On your next vacation, visit beautiful Croatia. And I thought to myself, wow, Croatia has never been on my radar whatsoever, but it really looks nice. And as far as Greece is concerned, I didn't care for the musical, but not, not, as far as Greece is concerned, um, Athens is a very humid, very smoggy, very hard-to-breathe city. It is filled with history. There's no doubt about it. But if I had it to do all over again, I'd have spent a lot less time in Athens and a lot more time in the islands 
uh, the Greek islands in the Mediterranean, like Santorini and Mykonos and Patmos, P-A-T-M-O-S, Patmos. But uh, anyway, I'm kind of curious because it is February where you would recommend our listeners go. And if you have a fantasy vacation of where you might like to go, I would love to know. Um, I'd love to know where it is. Uh, and, and, and if if you've been someplace that is a little bit off the beaten path, or maybe one of the places that I've mentioned, I would love to hear your stories of how it was. How was it? Uh, one of the things, though, that I don't do on vacation anymore, I don't bother taking pictures. I, I, I maybe, okay, maybe a handful of pictures on the cell phone, but it used to be when you were on vacation, you'd bring your camera along. A long time ago, folks, <laughs> cameras were not, we didn't have cell phones, and if you wanted to take pictures of something, you had to have a camera with you, and if you went somewhere different, you'd take a zillion photographs, and there's an old 80s stereotype about Japanese tourists and all the photographs they would take. I don't know why they picked on the Japanese, but I guess the Japanese just had better cameras, that's all. But um, anyway, where have you been that's kind of cool? that you like. That might be some place that I've mentioned that is rather on the beaten path, or it might be some place off the beaten path. Have you seen the ads on TV? Vacation in Antarctica. Uh, over the weekend, my mom and I were watching it on TV, and we're seeing the snow blowing down the street and the wind, and we looked at each other, and I said, Mom, I think we're already there. I don't think we need to. The only thing missing are the penguins. And then suddenly, penguins just started walking down the street. It was really amazing. So, where, where have you been that was kind of cool that you might recommend? And, uh, you know, this trip to Germany we're taking, the ads that I do on this show don't even do the trip justice. They, they really, at all, okay? They, let me give you the phone number because I want to hear about your journeys. I want to hear about where you've been, whether it's been on the beaten path or off the beaten path, um, and maybe a little bit uh, exotic. I've always wanted to go to Fiji. But Fiji is such a pain in the butt. You've got to make about six different stops, and no thank you. I'm all about, uh, let's put it this way, nonstop flights, if not nonstop, one layover, one layover only. Thank you very much. Even our Germany trip, I think, one layover each way. It's not like we're going to be spending a lot of time in airports. Um, 803-0930 is the phone number. I want to hear from you world travelers out there. 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. And it's a great time to call because we have a chance to talk, you and I, and uh, we don't have a lot of interruptions coming up. So we got that going for us right there. 803-0930 in the 716, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. I'm already sick of saying 716 everything after phone numbers. Are you? It's going to have pain in the butt putting it in the cell phone every time you want to call somebody back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. That's Rainbow. Absolutely. Good song. It is 2.37. All right, so what cool places have you journeyed uh, to? Uh, Take two. To what cool places have you journeyed? Aha! 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go to uh, uh, some calls here. Barb is on a cell phone, and Barb is on WBEN. Hello. Hi, Tom. How are you? Yes, my love. I'm sorry. I forgot I wasn't supposed to say that. I wanted to tell you that I have been to every place that you have mentioned, and that Croatia, particularly Dubrovnik, is incredible, and you would love it. And in two weeks, I'm going to Fiji. Oh, I... Uh, 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 okay, that obviously you are a woman of means. I knew you were going to say that. I am not. I am a woman who lives below her means so that she can travel, which is what she loves. Uh, uh nothing, nothing wrong with that. You got to do what you want. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, that, but still, I mean, these Fiji's an expensive trip. What are you looking at, like six large? How about seven hundred and twenty-four dollars for? A 15-day cruise with a balcony and a $1,500 airfare. How the hell did you get that kind of a price? Isn't it amazing? I'm going yeah. on a, a princess. Yeah, and I, it's it's amazing. We leave from Sydney, Australia, and then do the two weeks to the, I think we could do five Fijian islands and then five days cruising around and couple more days here and there yeah it's a it's an amazing deal wow topless women i'd never go to a place like that um that's, <laughs> i will not be i will not be one of them <laughs> well I, i'm just saying uh wow i'll never forget uh, on antigua um just sitting there one day and i'm looking around and uh I believe those are breasts I'm seeing. Oh, yeah, it's a different country, whatever. Uh, but that I, I cannot believe seven under eight hundred dollars. But that flight that to correct. Australia, that flight to oh. be, the flight uh, is, is a day long flight. Actually, it's two days because you lose oh. a day. Oh, yeah. I have done this before, and uh, when my my husband and I did it. We flew Buffalo to L.A., got to L.A. about noon, and then we didn't leave until 11 o'clock the following day. So we had a day and a half in L.A. So when you leave at night, so you're already tired, so at least you can get your night's sleep in. 
but it is a that is a long trek from LA to um, Australia. But you just gird yourself up and do it because you know what's at the end, and it's fabulous. This particular trip that I'm going on, it would be uh, we go from Buffalo to Atlanta, Atlanta to LA, and then LA to um, Sydney. Uh, I'm not a person who likes stops at all because I figure that's when the luggage leaves <laughs> and etc. But I will be happy to get up and walk around and get some movement between these flights. Yeah, that's that's good. Got your compression stockings all ready to go. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> oh, so yeah. and lots that of, sounds, lots of water. May I may I presume that you've done Australia as a separate entity as well? I ha- we have, including, and we liked it so much that we went back and did New Zealand the next year. Oh, and my man. husband, who 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 is, um. I know, and it goes along with my traveling because of me, but would much rather be home tinkering. Um, he would have moved to New Zealand. He loved it so much. The culture, the people, the landscape, it's, it's, um, it's amazing. It's beyond amazing. Um, could you describe uh, the landscape of New Zealand? Sure. Um, in some parts, it's very rural because they have so many sheep. Um, oh. And in some places, it's very cosmopolitan. Uh, the, the greens seem to be greener. One of the things that they talk about when you go there is to buy Cadbury chocolate, because they do have Cadbury factories there, because the grass is so much sweeter and so much nicer in New Zealand that the candy tastes so much better. And I have to admit, they are correct. Okay, I'm sorry, but who who would have thought that? Um, wow, I seem to have lost my taste for a lot of sweets, but I might make an exception for that. <laughs> yeah. that that's so okay. So Fiji, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, you've been to Croatia, Dubrovnik. Yes. Yes. Um, wow. Where where else have you? I mean. How about Abu Dhabi, Oman? Um, oh, uh, uh, the big, the big one there. Um, Abu Dhabi, Oman, and UAR? where everybody goes. I'm sorry. U- UAR, Qatar, yeah. United Arab Emirates. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, that I was wouldn't amazing. suggest Yemen right about now. Just so you're aware of that. Oh I'd no, that was. Yemen. I got in a little trouble there, but that's for another day and another time. Uh, but, uh, oh, no, no, it's not. I think it's for right here and right now. You got in trouble in Yemen? You were in Yemen? Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm five foot nine blonde American woman, and so I kind of stick out there. And uh, we got off the plane, and uh, we had to go through the tiny little. Um, it, where you have to get your visa and stuff, and they told us that we have, when you travel to these countries, you have to. Um, have brand new American dollars. You cannot have anything that has writing on it. You cannot have anything that has a rip or a mark. They only want brand new um, money. And that our visa would cost us in the airport $12 a piece. And um, we should have that money ready. So we did. 
and I gave the woman our, our money, and then my friends were next to me at a, another woman, and my clerk says to me that we owed her $40. And I said, uh, no, it's $12. She said, it's 40 And then I hear my friend next to me, and she is paying the $24 for she and her husband. So I went... <laughs> And I grabbed my passport back. I says, I'm going to go next. I'm going to go to the other clerk. Well, that was the wrong thing to do. She yelled for the police. She made this big deal, put the shade down in front of me like she closed up shop, and she had her passports. So our guide came over, and he, I explained this to him. He says, just be quiet and get in line. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do? And he says, I said, be quiet and get in line. Okie dokie. So I did. He got our passports. We ended up paying the $40. And he just told me to keep my mouth shut and keep moving. You got you so, got shaken let's... down. A little bit. Yep. Now, yep. Uh, just was, was the reason for that because you were paying with bills that were not brand new? Oh, no. My bills were crisp and new. Very new. And so, then he, our guide said to us, each clerk works for a different company, so they can charge different amounts. Oh. I said, oh it wasn't, but that wasn't included in the travel package. You mentioned a guide. And, and, and just so right. I'm clear, what country, in what country did this happen? Oman. Oman. Oh, man. Oman. Um, right. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes... Um, you know, for the for the sake of uh, a twenty dollar bill, sometimes it's just yeah, better right. to keep your mouth shut and just <laughs> go along. I'm, I'm, I'm just Absolutely. saying because you know you, know you get a you get a lot further with a smile than you do a frown. And yep. Oman is a hell yep. of a place right. to try to find a, a lawyer. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. The other place we went on that trip was Dubai, where the police cars are Maseratis. <laughs> Surprised they're not Rolls Royces. <laughs> Uh, wow, that that's super cool. I mean, uh, has there ever been a place you've been to where you would say, "Don't ever go there. It sucked. It was awful." Um, not not really, not really. Um, and if I would say that it was, no, I can't. No, really, no, there wasn't. I mean, I've even been to South Africa. We, you know. Um, that was a little scary. That was right before COVID. It was January of COVID year. And um, we went to Johannesburg, Cape Town, which is a pretty dangerous city. Um, but it, it's still very amazing. You know, you know what I mean? It was, I love learning about the culture. I love seeing the people. It's just, it's just such a great experience. Wow. Um, well, I, and that's what uh, I like. Well, I mean, obviously, you're kind of a you, you travel to some of the uh, the offbeat places. Just one quick question. I know I've kept you on the air a long time here, but have you also oh. been to the standard ones like London and Paris and places like that? I hate to tell you how many times, but yes. Okay, yes. okay. This many, is more. This times. is more than frugality, my dear. You've got some money behind you. Nobody is that I, frugal. Know I don't care how many. I don't oh. care how many Big Macs nope. you eat during a week, my love. Nope. You are. Nope. Really? You, nope. You can. You can. I can tell you my deals. I now make copies of them. Talk to your boss, Tim. They know me very well. I am so middle class. You have no idea. You have no idea how middle class I am. 
but I work my butt off, and this is what I choose to do, and I do it, and I am doing it. And uh, you have no idea. Uh, I'm pretty sure I you should send me an email because my wife is the queen of frugality, so uh, um, she laughs at me when I say that I try to leave a very um, moderate lifestyle. She laughs and rolls <laughs> her eyes. Um, All right. But, yeah, send, talk, drop me an email. I'd like I'd like to know your secrets. No, you know what? Talk, talk to Tim and Sue. I'm very good friends with them. I was their children's teacher, and they know me very well, Barb, and they will know me. And you can get a hold of me through them. All right, my love. Thank thank you very much. It'd be just thank easier you. just to cut out just cut out the middleman. Send me an email, Tom at WBEN dot com. I'd like I'd love to know your secrets. Uh, thank you. Right. Thank you. I pre- I appreciate the uh, appreciate the and call. You're gonna love your you're gonna love your trip to Germany. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and the stuff that I mentioned in the ads is even isn't even half of what we're going to be doing in Germany. So, uh, thank you very much. You will love it. Thank sure you. enough, have a great day. Yeah, that's uh, super cool. Uh, let's go to Jeannie in North Tonawanda. Jeannie, you are on WBEN talking about cool places you have traveled because it's almost March. It's still February, but people are looking for cool things. And, uh, wow, that lady sounds like the queen of uh, frugal. Yeah, and, and i got to tell you, I've, I've had some pretty good deals myself. But uh, my, my top three places I always wanted to go, and I did go, were the Seychelles which if you've heard of them, they're off the coast of Africa, beautiful, yeah. pristine islands. Uh, Patagonia, we went to Patagonia, uh, both in Chile and Argentina. That was right. beautiful. And an island known as, well, there's really a series. It's Fernando de Neronha, and it's off the coast of Brazil. There's actually 21 islands. Only one is inhabited. We did that with Iguazu Falls. And that was just an absolutely beautiful, though that island and the beaches are just phenomenal. We've also, and, and you know, your screener mentioned, or I talked to your screener about Fiji. We've been to Fiji. The island, believe it or not, was called Nakakuvu, and it was an uninhabited island. Uh, it's in the Yasawa chain and then the Viti group, and that was just gorgeous, just beautiful. Wow, I can't believe I mentioned Fiji and people have actually been there. I thought it was some rare, uncommon destination. It's just, it, how how long was the flight? How many connections did you have to make? Well, I believe, obviously from Buffalo, we went to L.A. And as the previous woman said, we flew the same day, but it was later. And the hotel that we stayed in in L.A. was very good. They let us have a late checkout because I don't think our flight left till ugh, maybe 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And they were very good to us about staying in the room uh, because I have a, you know, a card with a certain credit card with a certain chain that, uh, you know, gives you some certain privileges. Uh, and then, I, as the woman said, because we've been to Australia as well, it's funny because when you go to a lot of these places, you actually lose a day. So when we went to Australia, we had no – july 31st because you go from you know the one day to the other but on the way home we had two august 11th because you're crossing that line um but it, it's really it's interesting and, and like i said fiji was beautiful the other place and no one's ever probably heard of this is an island called bastamentos which is in the bocas del toro chain it's off the coast of panama and i hate to even bring that place up because it is heaven on earth and i bawled my eyes out when we left that place it was just beautiful and if i if i wanted to move somewhere 
I would move there in a second. It's gorgeous. Uh, could you run the name Bias one more time? Because I've never heard of it. It's Bastamentos, B-A-S-T-I-M-E-N-T-O-S. Bastamentos. Bastamentos, yes. And it's, the only uh, and island I've ever heard of off the coast of Panama is uh, Cayo Zapatilla, which is uh, reserved for uh, military use. Well, there are the Zapatilla Keys there, and believe it or not, when we stayed at Bastamentos, because it was a family, they're from Texas, they run this place, and they had a guide, and I told the one guide, I said, um, uh, I want to go take a, our kayaks out to Zapatia Key. And he said, I've never done that. So the next morning, we set out. We took the kayaks out to Zapatia Key. The owner had one of her hands meet us there with a boat. He unloaded a barbecue, booze, <laughs> uh, lawn chairs. We spent the day, and then we loaded the kayaks back on the boat, and he drove us back to where we stayed. Wow. Yeah. Um, you, I cannot believe how many, we see, I, I've come to the conclusion over the years, this show has two groups of listeners, those who have been everywhere, including the most exotic places and those who have never left Western New York. And, and, you know, that happens and, and, and I'm not criticizing you. I know you love Jamaica. I've been there once myself. We, we stayed in a grill, but you know, it's a big world. And I think some people, you know, they get stuck in this rut where they have to go to maybe Myrtle beach every single year and they're afraid. But, and I think you've traveled a lot. Matter of fact, I'm going to Turkey in October with my best friend, but I think a lot of times when you travel, you are in a situation where there's nobody to help you, and you need to think on your feet real, real fast. And I think that really enhances your experience, and I think it gives you a lot of good experience for life. Uh, look, I, I, you know what? I, I enjoy traveling. My wife has been to uh, Thailand and a few other. I mean, she used to be a man, which is really weird. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to catch hell for that later. But uh, no, she's she's been to uh, Thailand and a few other exotic places. Uh, she's been to the Arab world. My ex-wife has been to a lot of exotic places like Egypt. Uh, but I as far as I'm concerned, um, Negril, Jamaica, it's like a second home. And when I go to when I go there, it's like uh, it, 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 it's just there's there's a comfort level. And if I'm traveling, I like to be comfortable. And sure. that is where I'm very, very comfortable. Sure. And I, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, I know there's a lot of places to see, but as far as I'm concerned, when you found your paradise on earth, you stay with your paradise on earth. I've seen, uh, you know, Hawaii, been there, done that. And I, I'd do it again if it was free, but as far as uh, Jamaica, um, you know, Negril, baby, Negril. It, it was beautiful. I, I love that beach. It was just phenomenal. You know, I love it. All right. It. Thank you uh, very much. I uh, appreciate the, uh, appreciate the call. Yeah, um, nice talking to you. Oh no, my my great my great and good pleasure. Uh, so, what cool places have you uh, uh, traveled to in your lifetime? I cannot believe how awesome the show has started off. It has been absolutely amazing. Eight oh three oh nine thirty star nine thirty one eight hundred six one six W B E N. All right, Bowerly on News Radio nine thirty WBEN loves. We are talking about uh, well, it's February. Many of you are uh, making plans, or maybe you've already made plans to go someplace exotic. And uh, I've come to the conclusion that there are two types of people in this audience: people who never leave their hometowns 
and then people who go all over the world. And the people who've been all over the world have some really cool and interesting stories to tell. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because, uh, yeah, I know it's a big world, but when you find a place that you really like and a place in which you feel really comfortable, um, whether it's Hawaii or Antarctica, whatever. I mean, that should be if, – if that's your getaway place, that's your getaway place. Now, a lot of people like Myrtle Beach. Been to Myrtle Beach once, and that was enough. Um, it was like Myr- – Myrtle Beach to me was uh, – it was just not an enjoyable experience. It's just – Myrtle Beach was just not my bag, baby. Not my bag. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Although, within five minutes of arriving, uh, I was offered uh, cocaine by a young entrepreneurial sort of fellow, uh, better than Mexico, where a guy said he'd sell me cocaine um, with a credit card. Um, I, I, I've never had that experience before in my life, just because my hair was long, uh, I guess. Uh, here's Jim in uh, North Tonawanda on WBEN. Hello. Yeah, Tom, I've been to Hershey Park, I've been to Las Vegas, I've been to Cologne, the city of Cologne and Panama twice, but the place that I want to talk about is Istanbul. It's the only city in the world, you probably already know this, that spans two continents. And um, what they do, what they did was, when we, we had one day R&R in uh, Istanbul, so they take you on the bus, they drop you off in front of a Turkish bank. You go directly into the. You get off the bus. You go right into the say bank. A Turkish bath. <laughs> no bank. <laughs> but um, so you go in there and you exchange your American money for uh, Turkish lira. Then you, and then we went out. Me and my buddies, we found a, a taxi driver that could speak real good English. When you're in a, especially like one of the Middle Eastern countries, you got to find somebody that speaks good English to take you around, and that's a taxi driver. So. We uh, one of the places we got uh, uh, we had we had we wanted to go to first was the what's called the Grand Bazaar, which goes back all the way to the time I think around I think it was 1452 Constantinople was conquered by the Ottoman Turks and then it became Istanbul anyway. So we go there and Tom, it's to, it's a lot more fun shopping in Muslim places than it is in Western places because see, Muslim merchants in the Middle East they don't have a price. You have to negotiate everything, and that's what makes it so much fun. Like you walk up to the to the to the vendor, right, and he sees you what you're checking out. He'll say, "You like Christian? You like?" They call you Christian, and they <laughs> say, "You like Christian?" Yeah, I like it. And then you say to him, "How much?" Well, now what they do is the way the game is played, the the merchant automatically goes high, and then you automatically go low. And every time you'll settle in the middle for whatever it is you want to buy. It's a lot of fun. And then he'll say, he'll, he'll go high, right? And then we turn around and walk away. He'll say, no, Christian, wait, Christian, stop. We talk, Christian. And that's, it, it's a lot of fun. You get to negotiate and haggle back and forth with the guy. Oh, come on, man, I'm not rich. I can't afford that. He'll, he'll come down a little more. Then you, you give him some other excuse. He comes down a little more. And like I said, you end up settling in the middle. But it, but it's a lot of fun. In the, in the city of Istanbul back then, um, uh, in fact, I saw a documentary on uh, Istanbul. It had the reputation back way back when of being – what was called the most cosmopolitan 
uh, city in the Middle East. They were like, it's it's a Muslim city, but it's like where all the cool Muslims live. If you follow what I'm saying, back they were like friendly, nice to you. The Turkish cops went out of their way to be polite and give us directions and even walk around with us and talk to us and stuff. It was a lot of fun. It, 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 I don't know. I, I guess it might have changed. There's a different regime in power, I've heard. Yes. So. Yeah, I don't know that Turkey anymore uh, has quite the same vibe that uh, it did when you were there or when I was there. I'm not sure what things are like in uh, Kusadasi or Ephesus, but, I mean, you were in Istanbul, the, uh, the belly of the beast. Yeah, even um, when we were doing our Operation Deep Throw, we would patrol through the Turkish villages, and and they would take our canteens and fill our canteens up for us and offer us stuff to eat. They were so friendly. Cause see, oh. they've got well, the what, I'm sorry, what did they board. fill them up with is the question. No, it was, I don't know, we drank the water. They would they would go to the village well, and they, they you'd watch them fill up your canteens in the village well. They drink out of it. Okay. They don't die. All right, I just, I just, you know, I, I just get a little curious, you know. So, like you said, I, there was, are some no, people was, in the world who just. It was a different just... vibe back then, but see, they have the Russians sitting on their border, so they were welcoming us because they don't fear us, but they do fear the Russians. They are afraid of the Russians because they know all them Russian tanks on their border. Well, you saw what uh, they did in Ukraine. Yes. Yeah, so you can see why they loved us and they did not like the Russians. That I can tell you back then. In fact, when we jumped in, the Turkish paratroopers were already on the ground waiting for us. They took our parachutes and carried our parachutes to the turning point for us. That's how wow. friendly they were. They carried That's, our uh, parachutes for, for us now, off the it, drop zone. Now, recreationally, outside of the military, have you done any traveling at all other than Canada? Uh, I've been oh I've been to uh, Myrtle Beach with my parents after I retired. I've been to my mother's town more times in uh, McMinnville, Tennessee than I can count. Um, the South can be a lot of fun if you're related to those people, and you get they 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 spend time with you and they tell you all the stories. And I heard stories about my mother after I was born. My father enlisted in the army, volunteered for the draft. I mean, and so when he was going through training, my mother he took took me. I was just a baby then. Uh, and she took me back to Tennessee, and my mom went out, left me with this black woman that was living on the property with him. She took care of me and everything, and she was the only female on an all-male um, uh, lumberjack crew. And to this day, when I go down there, they tell stories about my mother when she was a lumberjack. Yeah, my uh, mom was a lumberjack. I I got nothing. I got nothing. Lumberjack. <laughs> Rambo Jim's mother was a lumberjack. Okay, I now I have now heard everything. Uh, there there should be a book. There should be an autobiography. The Rambo Jim story. Yeah, she um see back to this day in the 21st century, Kentucky and Tennessee, it's all hill country, so they have no choice but to use the mules to they hook up the the logs to the mules and the horses because it's such mountainous hilly terrain they got to drag those logs back to the logging truck so they got to use horses and mules to do it and that was my mother's job to hook up the logs after they cut them down and get those logs back to the logging truck on the fire breaks and on the dirt roads going through the woods and everything but yeah my mom used to was the only female on an all-male crew and the guys like we'll be we'll be where my mother's cousin's house and we'll, they'll start telling stories about my mother what she did she was a young girl and 
there was a rattlesnake curled up, and she took a running jump and jumped over the top of the rattlesnake. Then her mother whipped her with the switch for it. But <laughs> wow, my mom, wow. my mom challenged a rattlesnake in a one. And another time she was lumberjacking and the rattlesnake was curled up, you know, and he started hissing at my mother and shaking his rattle. Mom took her axe and killed the rattlesnake with the axe. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate the call, I think. Yep. Uh, I don't know if anybody got boots out of the deal, but uh, I've actually eaten rattlesnake once, and uh, it does not taste like chicken. It tastes like rattlesnake. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Here is uh, Mike in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, talking about the cool places you have visited on this earth because I've seen ads on TV for Croatia. I've seen ads for, and maybe you've seen them too, for Antarctica. Has anybody been to Antarctica? I, I can see penguins at the aquarium. I don't need to go to Antarctica. I live, we live in Antarctica. This is the first sun we've seen, I think, since uh, July. You're on WBEN. Uh, go right ahead, Mike. Yeah, I went to the Olympics in, in Norway, Lillehammer, in the 90s. And um, it, it was an interesting trip. Uh, it was a last-minute thing. I got my passport straight down on Monday, and I got and I got it on a Wednesday, and I flew to Norway, got to Fornebo, the airport there, then on to Oslo. That was my main center. I only bought a pass on the train, the Scandinavian train, and I slept on that because hotels, never mind that, because uh, the, the pass allowed me to travel all over Scandinavia, but I just did Norway, Trondheim, Bergen, and so on. Anyhow, when I got there, I um, ended up seeing things. You could, I didn't have tickets, but I looked around and saw uh, the events. You could see them from, uh, from the sides. You didn't even have to have tickets. Anyhow, there was a couple on the train I did meet in my train journeys in Norway, and we ended up leaving off the train, and then I met them later, and they explained everything in English to me. But the key to this was I ended up on CBS cameras four times. So the first one was on the closing event. If you saw the closing event, you would have seen me four times. Anyway, we're, so we're talking one, about uh, – forgive my interruption. You went to Lillehammer for the Olympics? Yeah, as a spectator. Okay, okay. Just yeah. wanted to make that clear. Yeah, it, it, when I say it, it sounds like I participated, but not really. Um, anyhow, I ended up uh, sitting in the stands. I got a ticket in the morning, and it had a Japanese name on on it, and it didn't twig on me. So I sat down on the stands where the ticket said, and then this couple in expensive fur coat sat beside me, and I talked to them. So, but before that, I was I was watching the camera up on on the. On, on the pylons or whatever, where the camera screen was, and I saw, oh, I had a hat with a flag and, and the Olympic symbol on it, and I nodded my head and it moved, so there I was, okay. So as the closing events started, they introduced the king, then the head of the IOC, then they went, and the head of the Norwegian IOC, and the guy beside the woman beside me stood up. And I said, oh, my goodness, I'm sitting with the, I, the Norwegian IOC group. And sure <laughs> enough, we all stood up, including myself. <laughs> okay, I sat down. Yeah, so 
I didn't even know this. So I sat down, and then they said, the Japanese IOC, and they were sitting behind me. We stood up again. Again, like I said, <laughs> on the ticket was the Japanese name. So I ended up standing up again, of course. And then it, the whole thing went through, and then I ended, and I got out, and I went to tunnel number one. You had to cross underneath the railway track. And then I said, oh, I'm going to go to tunnel number two. And I was walking down tunnel number two, and it was dark, and I get out, and there's a big blast of light. Beside me was Peter Jennings, and there was all the media in front of me. He goes, and this is the last picture of the Olympics, and the light shut off. I was the last guy that everyone saw. So, wow. yeah, that was a, You were the face of I the mean, Lillehammer Olympics. Uh, we had Peter Jennings on the show at the uh, old radio station way back when, and uh, Peter Jennings, um, I, 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 it's interesting you mentioned that name because when people talk about uh, breaking news coverage and people seem to like the way I do breaking news, a lot of that was heavily influenced by Peter Jennings, who was unflappable under... Uh, the most extreme uh, duress you could possibly imagine. And I tried to incorporate a lot of Peter Jennings style into my own. And also, I've mentioned this before on the air, Just this, and this is just for the young broadcasters out there, you young fools. Um, I have been back many a time and have watched the November 22nd through 24th, 1963 uh, extended videos of how the journalists back then handled the Kennedy assassination and the murder of Oswald and the funeral of JFK. And I have remarked often upon the limited technology they had and the extreme professionalism they showed. It was really remarkable, especially considering the time in which they were operating. It wasn't easy like it is today to say, hey, let's go to Dallas. Uh, they had to do quite a few things at the network in New York to make the connection with Dallas. And it would have been very easy for any of those people to have become very, very frustrated uh, in trying to make the connection. But Dan Rather made his bones uh, during that. Walter Cronkite, of course, everybody remembers his announcement. But I've watched the coverage on all three networks. And you know, that those, those were the days when, uh, despite uh, the uh, CIA's efforts to disrupt uh, the media in Operation Mockingbird, those were the days when uh, journalists were for the most part, with some government exceptions, were journalists. And they kept their composure. They kept their cool. They told you what they knew. They repeated the story. They gave you the details as they believed them to be true at the time. And there was one on uh, ABC. They were talking to uh, Jack Valenti. And you never you never see this clip uh played but i've seen it because i've watched the video a million times where he's on tv and he's saying this was obviously a conspiracy this was obviously a conspiracy of the right wing in this country who've had it out for jfk for quite some time and uh, i don't know that he ever retracted what he said but it's right there preserved on youtube forever and i watch it and i say yep somebody got it right that day well, I agree that Kennedy it was an inside job of some sort. I have an interesting story. Next time you have Kennedy thing on, I'll, I'll give this interesting story. Well, wait, wait. I don't know what I'm going to do Kennedy again. I mean, I might not be alive. I mean, it, it, what? what's well, your JFK story? I've got about a minute. Go ahead. Well, I met a person who knew the uh, governor of uh, 
that was in the car with Kennedy. He told John me Connolly. some interesting stories. John Connolly, yeah, the governor Connolly. of Texas. Yeah, and what story did he yes. tell? Well, he said that she said when he was uh, Kennedy was assassinated that uh, she said, God bless America. And then he continued on and said, you know why Oswald was there? And, he, and I said, I don't know. He said he was to protect Kennedy, and that was from the Donnellys he got that. So, so wait a minute. John, yeah. John, Connolly, John, John Connolly, who was wounded extensively yeah. in the assassination of President Kennedy, he, he, supposedly he by the magic bullet, um, he said to this person you know that Oswald was there to protect Kennedy. Well, this guy knew the the, Con- the Connolly family, the son, so he he was like part of the family, you might say, and 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 they they have said um, he he said to me that they believed or they knew or or whatever he didn't wasn't quite clear that Oswald was there to protect Kennedy because he had no protection. Not well, like that's Chicago that's very Christie. that's very interesting because that uh, that jibes with the story told by Judith Very Baker, um, Oswald's girlfriend in New Orleans in the summer of '63. Uh, some people try to deride her as a hoaxer. I do not believe she's a hoaxer. I've talked with her off air for hours, and she just immediately has answers to questions about things that I never quite understood about uh, Oswald and New Orleans in 1963. She is either telling the truth or she's the best actress the world has ever seen uh you should get in touch with judith berry baker she's online she's on facebook i think she'd love to hear from you or you know what send me an email send send me an email and i'll pass it on to judy fair enough send me an email with with whom you spoke and who said what and i'll i'll pass it on to uh, judith i don't know the guy he 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 was just sitting on the train beside me he started talking away on uh, on america and so he could have been a so he could have been a he could have been a crazy person you have no way of knowing that he was uh actually i don't know the ascent he said he knew the Connollys. he said he knew the son and um, he was dressed well, like I, I, could, I could say I could say I know Don, I, I could say that I know a Donald Fagan. It doesn't make it true. I mean, well, I, that, I'd like to. I'd, I'd I'd like to hear the story nonetheless. But uh, thank you very much for the call. Jeez, uh, I thought it was somebody that he actually that he actually knew, and I thought it was going to be some something uh, cool. But uh, you know, I I I I don't know that uh, a guy sitting next to you on a bus can be considered a uh, reliable witness. I mean, I I've had reliable people tell me that the Kennedys. Um, and actually, this came out in a recent documentary. They actually got in touch with the Russians after the assassination, and they said, we know you guys had nothing to do with it. We know it was an inside job. And uh, Morton Downey Jr., talk show host, uh, told me that the Kennedys believed, although they never publicly uh, spoke a lot about it, that uh, CIA was absolutely behind the assassination of JFK. There's a reason Seven Days in May was allowed to be shot at the White House. Check out the movie. You'll understand. It's uh, 328 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, actually, we're not talking about the assassination today uh, of 60 years ago. We're uh, talking about uh, cool places you've traveled and beat. Oh. 
Good stuff, baby, at least for me. Anyway, it is – I'll take that over Taylor Swift. Sorry. Uh, it is uh, – and Kelsey. Uh, it is uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. If you're just joining us, welcome to the show because it's uh, the time of the year, February, um, where you're seeing – on the internet, you're seeing on television, all these ads from places enticing you to come and be a visitor. Uh, and I saw two unusual ones at some point over the weekend, one for Croatia. And I must admit, no disrespect to Croatia, but uh, Croatia has never exactly been, <laughs> never exactly been um, on my radar screen of places to go on vacation. Okay. And then... After the Croatia ad, I think it was a different TV station, but it might have been the same one, um, an ad for a cruise to Antarctica. Now, when the cruise to Antarctica ad came on, I was sitting in the living room with my mother, and it was <laughs> it was snowing rather heavily over the weekend, and the snow was blowing. And I thought, and I said out loud, um, I think we're already there. The only thing we're not seeing is penguins. And then penguins just started walking down the street. It was just bizarre. But anyway, uh, tell us about the cool places you've been and would recommend. How about the cool places you've been that you would not recommend? And look, everybody raves about the Dominican Republic. Oh, got to go to the Dominican. Love the Dominican Republic. Love the Dominican. I did not have a good experience in the Dominican Republic, uh, went to a resort that had just opened and clearly was not ready for prime time. And uh, let's just say I couldn't keep food down for quite a while after that trip. It was it was great for weight loss, I'll say that much, probably not good for the enamel on my teeth and maybe some other parts of my body as well, but uh, it is one place I have absolutely no desire to which to return. And then you walk down to the beach, beware, riptide. Oh, wait, so not only am I going to get sick to my stomach, but I'm going to drown as well? I think I'll just stay in the pool. Thank you very much. It was the only vacation where I literally was counting the days until it ended. And I had... Um, an iPod at that time, which I still have, by the way, and was listening to the Eagles Hotel California and the line, you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. And I just laughed when I heard that because that's exactly the way I felt. Never have I wanted to get out of a place as badly as I wanted to get out of the Dominican Republic. True story. Many of you love the Dominican Republic, and that's great, but uh, it's uh, been there, done that, and am never going back again. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Literally had to bribe the hostess to even get a table to eat, which probably I shouldn't have done because I don't think they cooked the food. It wasn't properly refrigerated. Um, never have I been that sick in my entire life as far as uh, food poisoning or anything like that. It was uh, It was hideous. And there are some funny stories and anecdotes I could tell, but I'm not going to tell them. Um, <laughs> let's just say you can use your imagination 
it actually hit the ceiling. It actually hit the ceiling. That's how sick I was. It is uh, 342 at News Radio 930 WPEN. 803-0930 is the uh, phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone. 1-800-616-WBEN. 803-0930. Star 930. 1-800-616-WBEN. Tell us about the cool places you've been that you'd recommend. And how about the places you've been, without naming resorts or anything that'll get me into legal trouble, uh, that you would not recommend? Like, I, I would not recommend the Dominican Republic, but I know that I'm in the minority. And, hey, for all I know, some of you might have had bad experiences in Jamaica. But for me, Jamaica is like uh, a second home. I feel very cozy there. I know exactly what to expect when I get off the plane, know the layout of the airport pretty well, know exactly the drive that is taken, and uh, I like to travel in style in Jamaica, and uh, very much uh, I very much enjoy it. And it's just like a different – it's a totally different world, and I just uh, – you know, I just uh, get off on it. 803-0930, so to speak. Star 930 on the cell phone and 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, let's go to Ed in Lancaster. I can't believe the number of people who've been to these really cool and exotic places. Here's uh, Ed. Ed, you're on WBEN. Tell us uh, about your Marco Polo-like stories. Okay. Uh, you're going to enjoy this one, I think, because you're a history buff, too. Uh, I was in the Army in, in 1970 to 72. I was stationed in Germany. And uh, the job I had, I had a lot of free time, a lot of weekends. And uh, I made uh, two trips to uh, Munich, uh, both uh, uh, Oktoberfest in 1971 and 1972. That was a great time. And um, on one of the trips, we went to Garmisch Patrickirchen. You still there? Yeah, I'm just listening. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It sounded like it, you hung up. No. Um, Garmisch Patrickirchen, the, the uh, military had a hotel uh, for the GIs. They, they go there cheap and um, you know get a little R and R. Um, and uh, on a Sunday morning, me and my buddy, we had nothing to do. We had no more money left. We had a great time the night before, and uh, we took a walk behind the, the hotel. And the hotel was called the Green Apple. I doubt if it's still there, but who knows. Uh, and there was a mountain behind it. So we started climbing this mountain. And uh, we got up about 100 yards, and we see two women looking at us, looking down at us. And we said, how in the world did they get up there? Well, we got to where they were standing, and there was a roadway or a pathway up this hill or mountain. And uh, so we started to walk in this pathway, and we get to the top, and there's this huge memorial rock, and it's got all these pictures of of people that died in the, in the Second World War. And it was so interesting to read the names, and you could tell there was like a, a, a son, a father, and a grandfather, and their little picture, an oval-shaped uh, picture was embedded in this rock. And it was just, it was sad to see that, that uh, an entire family was probably wiped out during the war. And the, these, and, were, were they victims of the Nazis or were they victims of the uh, bombing campaign by the British and the American bombers? Yeah, that I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I read some German back then, but now I, I can't uh, read it, but uh, speak it. 
but um, I don't know, uh, you know, how they died, but it's just that they, it was like a memorial for those people. It was it was really interesting. So I, I don't know if we're going to have time in uh, the in in the area. I have to check the uh, I have to check the itinerary of uh, Garmisch mm-hmm. Partenkirchen to uh, see um, yep. the, the, what what you saw. But uh, obviously, a very poignant reminder that real people died in World War II. And yeah. I made the point last week that uh, and again, I keep talking about my mom, but she's ninety years old. And whenever I watch a World War II documentary and I see a little girl who uh, would have been 10 years old uh, in uh, 1943, I think to myself, wow, uh, that that could have been my mom, a different continent. It could have been my mom. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you got time, I don't know, you know, your itinerary, but there's a a Zeus pit. It's the highest mountain in the German Alps, and it's right over there. Zeus pit. Yeah. And that's that's great. You take a car train up to the cable car, then yep. you get on the cable car and go to the top. Yeah, we're doing unbelievable. that. Unbelievable. We're oh, doing that. Unbelievable. Yeah, we're, at, that's we're great. absolutely. Uh, I, I'm. You know what? It's really funny because uh, I, I'll fly a small airplane, no problem. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not big on helicopters, and I'm not big on cable cars, but I'll just grin and bear the cable car because I want to see the view. Yeah, the, the, up at the observation platform or tower, it's pretty big. Uh, they got oxygen, or they had oxygen bottles stationed around there if you needed a, a little shot. Oh, I wow. Yeah, uh, that that's, that's news to me. Yeah. The question is, do they yeah. have do they have schnapps bottles uh, there in case you need oh, yeah, a shot of that? A lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just tell me, as somebody who obviously has spent some time in Deutschland, uh, yep. how is how is the food? Oh, excellent, excellent. What did you uh, eat? Any sausages, bratwurst, and all that stuff. It, it, they make the best. Unbelievable. Mm. The beer, the beer and bratwurst. You can't go wrong. Well, yeah, this this may shock you. Uh, but believe it or not, I'm just not, I'm not a beer drinker. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I don't recall the last time I actually had a beer. Some people are beer freaks and I guess I'm, I just, I'm just not a beer guy. Um, oh, I don't, it, well, on a hot okay. summer's day, hot summer's day, yeah. 90 yeah. degrees outside. I will chug right. a couple of Corona's no problem, but typically right. speaking, it is not my adult beverage of choice. Okay, now there's another popular drink, or at least there was when I was there. This was 71 and 72, but it's called a cola shaffin. And it's a cola and rind wine mixed together. That was good. Oh, oh. Um, not a big <laughs> wine guy, but uh, I'd, I'd at least be willing to give that uh, a try. Be willing yeah. to try that. I mean, I remember uh, when the German relatives came over, they'd always bring over Liebfraumilk. I'm saying yeah. it totally wrong, not in the German way. But, uh, I mean, it was it was okay, but it was nothing to write home about. I'd just as soon have Cristal or Tom Perignon. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, thank you, yeah. Ed. I appreciate the call. Hey, have fun over there. It's, well, it's, it's a great place to go. Well, everybody's everybody's going to have fun. Uh, we're going to be doing it in early September and uh, looking forward to it uh, very much. Ed, thank you uh, very much. And uh, the trip the guy was talking about, uh, we're going through conservativetours.com, and uh, it's going to be 
a uh, it's going to be a great deal of fun. My daughter is a definite, and I'm working on my wife, desperately working on my wife. I want her there. I want to be with her. I want her by our side because I love her, and I don't want to be without her for 10 days. It's like being without air for 10 days. Isn't that romantic and sweet? Let's go to uh, our next caller on WBEN. I feel the same way, oddly enough, about Mark in Eden, which is a little bit awkward. Um, Mark, you're on WBEN. Hello. Tom, thanks for taking my call. Yes, my um, I, I would like to mention about going to the Republic of Georgia. Oh, the cool. Yeah, I had the opportunity several years ago to take four young men to Georgia on an educational athletic exchange. And they got a chance to play basketball. And we met up with a group from Albany, New York, with, that brought four girls. And we ended up playing. Uh, they treated us like kings over there. When our kids walked into the local park there to play basketball against their kids, they treated them like like it was Michael Jordan walking down the street or you know, awesome. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I mean, and now, our kids, may, may I ask? May I ask? Uh, were your young men of African American descent? Yes, they were. Okay, that that is super cool because um, there there aren't many African Americans in the Republic of Georgia. Oh, oh, yeah. When they walked down, everybody, all the you could, I mean, I was like way ahead of the kids, so they had no idea who I was as I was walking up. So I was watching the reaction of their kids, and they they were and they're they're pointing and they're they're talking amongst each other. The next thing you know, they just sort of go around our kids, and they're you know they want to shake their hand and they want to talk to them, and uh, it it made our kids feel great, you know, and. You know, I was uh, a little apprehensive taking four young men who had never traveled before. Three of them had never been on an airplane before. So we flew from Buffalo to JFK, and I told the kids, I said, hey, don't worry about this. I said, you worry about the next flight from JFK to Istanbul. (laughs) And then we had to make a connector to the Republic of Georgia. Uh, hold, I, I, I want to continue. I want to continue this story because it sounds super. <clears throat> excuse me. It sounds super cool because uh, the Republic of uh, Georgia, of course, mentioned in the Beatles song uh, back in the USSR. But I don't want to interfere with your story of uh, youthful um, interaction while traveling. Sometimes it works out well. Sometimes it doesn't. See soccer riots for details on that. It's uh, 3.56 at News Radio 930 WBEN. It is Bowerly. We'll be back with uh, Mark. We've got Garth um, and Wayne and who knows who else on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, hello, loves. It is Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, this this is so cool. I wasn't expecting it was going to be uh, this uh, this awesome um because uh you know one of the things and again i've said this now three times but there are two types of people who listen to this show there are the people who travel everywhere and there are the people who never leave their home villages Um, i've come to that conclusion over the years and uh this show obviously we're hearing from people who have traveled around the world 
And when you start seeing ads on TV for the various vacation destinations, you know that people are booking. They want to get away. And especially after the pandemic, I think there's an especial, uh, especially strong hunger and desire to get away because how long were we cooped up? So people want to travel. I think travel is one of the uh, is one of the best things ever. And uh, you know, flying back from Jamaica, I always love to say, "Ooh, we're flying over Cuba right now. How cool is that?" Um, I I'd rather enjoy flying over Cuba. I would love to go to Cuba at some point. Um, just to see the old American cars that are somehow running after uh, 80 years is pretty amazing. But anyway, uh, and, and those wonderful missiles. Uh, anyway, 803-0930, where have you been that was especially cool? At the beginning of the show, I mentioned Prague and Budapest as places that I've heard people raving about having visited. Uh, so far, none of those people have called in. Um, Antarctica. Saw an ad for Antarctica. Has anybody in the audience been to Antarctica? During the never-ending oscillation storm, it might have seemed like we were in Antarctica. During the blizzard, it might have seemed as though we were in Antarctica. But, in fact, we were in western New York. Um, And if it's a place you haven't been, for our Canadian listeners, um, where, like, do you have a dream place you would like to go? A dream place you would like to go? My poor brother Billy, for years, he had a dream of going to Florida. And he finally went to Florida in the middle of winter. Well, this is before he died. Obviously, wasn't doing too much afterwards. Uh, but uh, he hit Florida during a time of very, very bad weather. So his one shot in life at Florida, and he ends up hitting really crappy weather. And it can happen in Florida. It can, unfortunately. And uh, those are the times when the iguanas, which are not actually native to Florida, they're an invasive species. Uh, and I've mentioned this before. People don't. People think I'm kidding when I say this. They literally freeze and fall from the trees in Florida. And then when the sun comes back out and they warm up, they revivify and uh, come back to life. And if you think, by the way, if you think Canada geese are messy, invasive critters, iguanas. You have not lived until you've seen an area where iguanas have defecated all over the place. I could not believe one of these places um, a couple of years ago that was stop number one before we very quickly checked out. Um, it was it had this giant iguana living there and giant iguana scat on the ground. I've been watching wildlife shows. 803-0930. Maybe you've got a dream destination. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. For example, if uh, we were going to do another tour with conservative tours, um, where would you like to go? See, I would personally like to go to Italy, Sicily, and Spain. I would love to see those places. My daughter has been to all of those places. She's been pretty much all over Europe when she studied in Florence, Italy, and came back speaking not a single word of Italian, not even a good old C. I was a little bit disappointed, but uh, she's got the law degree. Uh, Let's get back to Mark in Eden, and uh, Mark has a great story about taking young men 
who were of African-American descent to the Republic of Georgia. And they were treated like rock stars when they walked on to or near the basketball court. Mark, you want to pick up the story about uh, basically uh, the, the it was the first time, I believe you said, three of the four young men had even been on an airplane? Yes. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was it was a life changing experience, I believe, for those boys. OK. Um, and like I said, when they walked into that park and they were treated like rock stars, and then they started to play. They were shooting around with the with the kids there, and two of our kids could could slam dunk the ball. So they they were just like, oh my goodness, this is just great because none of their kids could do that. And um, so then they started playing, and our kids win the first game. Well, the second game, their kids started playing more like street ball, and with the elbows and the pushing and the shoving. And our kids just tried to keep playing basketball without you know, playing street ball back and they lost a game. And, and all of a sudden it was like, Oh my God, we can actually lose. And they never thought that could happen. So from that point forward, they made sure they never lost again. <laughs> so they, they so, adapted street ball. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they <laughs> adapted a, a little bit to the street ball, but then they started shooting a little more from the outside and then knowing that they could get the ball inside of the big guys, that would have an easy time of uh, putting a basket in. Um, so it took a little adjustment for them, but they were they did phenomenal with it. And then we we toured around a couple cities, and uh, well, uh, some of them towns, but we started in Tbilisi, the capital, and then we went to the coast on the Black Sea, and we had the opportunity to meet the U.S. ambassador to the Republic of Georgia. Um, he knew we were going to be there, and he he picked a place to meet the kids, and he picked a McDonald's, and he thought that the kids would be looking forward to a McDonald's. Well, over there, they kept taking our kids to McDonald's thinking that's all they wanted to eat, and our kids were like, hey, can we go somewhere other than McDonald's? <laughs> because they actually enjoyed the food, that they, the native food that they were being given, Um and uh, but the McDonald's they took us to almost looked like a spaceship. It was really architecturally neat. And he met us there when we uh, his wife was there. And and his wife actually wrote Ruth Bader Ginsburg's biography. Wow. So I got talking to her and I just found it really interesting. I said, well, how do you do that? She goes, well, I meet with her for like half of a day. And then I go write and research for three months. And then I go back and meet with her again. And I go back and write. And, and then she did this over a period of a few years before the book came out. And it came out before she passed away. Um, so it, I thought that was really interesting to, to, to meet uh, the, the ambassador. I thought it was what a pleasure that was, you know. Uh, he was trying to get us out on a U.S. destroyer that couldn't make it in because of bad weather. So uh, that would, I think, would have really been a culmination for the kids to have seen that. How long they a trip, had, how we long were a trip was for, this? We were gone for eight days. And uh, the, the, kids were, uh, the kids were tremendous. They, 
there were things that I, when I would ask for something like more culturally stimulating, I thought I'd get a little pushback and they were like, absolutely not. Let's do this. And it's like, like you know, give us, they, give us an example of culturally stimulating. Well, there was uh, somebody mentioned about a, a church, a historic church. And well, we went there and the church was not one that they'd be holding masses in because it was old and, uh, but they were trying to refurbish this church and the kids were like, yeah, no, we want to go see that. And it was on the UNESCO uh, World Heritage Sites. Yeah. So, um, and one of the kids, his mother was real religious. So taking pictures and then sending them, she was happier than could be to, to, to know that her son was not just there to play basketball. Well, it sounds and, like a great experience for the young men. It also sounds like a great experience for you. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And, and we were there. It was all State Department funded. And the interesting thing was they kept calling it US, USAID. And it wasn't until I was there looking at one of the signs they had set up during our trainings. We looked at it, and I said, that says USAID. It doesn't say USAID. <laughs> but it was the way that they say it, and then the way you read it were two different things. And, and it was all funded by the U.S., um, and we were there to talk to school officials, government officials, and police officials about engaging children in athletics and trying to break down those barriers, as we do locally with the Police Athletic League. And that's where these kids came from, was the Police Athletic League in Buffalo. Wow. Um, that, that, that is, that's, a super cool, that's a super cool story, and uh, I'm, glad you, uh, I'm glad you told it. I really, really appreciate it. And are they still doing that? Uh, well, the, I know the group that we went through was a group out of Ver, Vermont that actually gets the uh, the grant. And but they were actually they've done stuff in Russia, the Ukraine. Uh, they've done it, in, and they still do have a program in the Republic of Georgia. Now, Ukraine, I would figure there's nothing going on, and they're probably doing nothing in Russia right now. Um, and I do see posts from the people that we met over there that are still involved in, in the program, but I don't know if there's kids or, or the exchange that goes back and forth that like, like we had had. Oh, wow. Very, 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 very interesting. Thank you uh, very much. I, uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, good stuff. Okay. All right. Talking hey, about, you, uh, talking about the cool places uh, you have been and, and maybe, you know, maybe there was a place you went and it was a colossal disappointment and you, you didn't really like it without naming any resorts. You can certainly name the place you went that did not live up to expectations. Like, uh, how many of you have been to Plymouth Rock? <laughs> That's like the best example I can possibly give. Plymouth Rock in Plymouth, Massachusetts. I just, I just want you to imagine a giant granite structure with all kinds of columns around it and a big boulder at the bottom of a pit filled with sand. And there you have it. That is Plymouth Rock. They also have a replica of the Mayflower uh, next door or within very short walking distance anyway. But Plymouth Rock is uh, quite possibly the most disappointing tourist attraction. It, it, don't don't even bother making the drive. I, I made it once to show somebody as a joke, hey, you want to see Plymouth Rock? 
Uh, anyway, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. So, uh, you know, another question I would ask you is, so if we do another uh, trip with conservative tours, like where would you like to go? What would your first choice be? Gee, Tom, would like to travel with you to blank, hell and beyond, Mars, and leave me there, growing potatoes, fertilized with excrement. Wait, that was a movie. Let's go to Garth on WBEN in uh, Clarence. Garth, you're on WBEN. I just want to be saved by the Chinese. Garth, you are on. Hello. Yes, sir. How are you this afternoon, Tom? Uh, it's a beautiful day, sir. Sunshine, yeah, actually. Do not be alarmed. All right. Well, I, we, I'm just going to make it quick. We've been, since 99, we go to Hawaii every other year until COVID hit, but we're going to re, re, uh, do that next year. Uh, I've been to Moscow, Zeleningrad. Of suburb, I, I volunteered to help build a church over there a number of years ago, and uh, I wouldn't go back there. And then a couple cruises to Alaska. Wait, why, why not? Why not? What was there about uh, Moscow that turned you off? Well, back then, you know, they took us to Red Square, and uh, that's a lot smaller than it really felt on, uh, you know, uh, movies or whatever. We couldn't go see Lenin that day because this ear or his nose fell off and they hadn't had it fixed yet so that's oh, that's when that happens <laughs> didn't know he was so, didn't um, know he was into the white powder okay yeah, yeah. but you know the the our host families there would take us on the train and if there were a couple of army people at a arm uh, uh, arm army people at a, a stop we wouldn't get off we would keep riding the train until they could find a clear stop so that was my uh, there's other things about uh, Moscow, but I wouldn't go. A very, very beautiful city, but I wouldn't go back there. And th so, this is before the Ukraine situation? Yes, this was 97. So, now, uh, I, I have to ask, why did your uh, Russian hosts not want to exit the train if there were military people around? Were they going to get shaken well, I, down? No, yeah, I believe so. They were just fearful of what might happen at those stops, especially with us that look like Americans, you know? So, uh, uh that's just uh, that's just how they wrote it. So how like okay, this is going to be a stupid question, but uh, how how do you think you looked like an American? Well, we the Russians, you know, well they just have a certain way of dressing. They have certain hats, and they look Russian. <laughs> we were kind of uh, uh, I don't know, you know, it's just that that's that's what they feared for us. So uh, uh, for our safety, they were doing that, but. Uh, yeah, I guess Russia is is one of those countries, even before Ukraine, where Americans are not particularly uh, welcomed with open arms. No, even our plane was uh, followed by a fighter jet into the airport, and we we posed no threat, you know. But that's just the way they did things there. So, wow. But anyway, it was good to get in and out of that. But and, and how about this, how about Lenin? How about Leningrad? I didn't make it to there, but we we Zeleningrad was. It's a northwest suburb of Moscow, just out, outside a little bit of Moscow. So uh, it was it was an experience. I wouldn't go back there now, obviously. But, now, uh, my ex-wife actually went to uh, the Soviet Union. Uh, she did actually see Lenin before his nose fell off, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, but um, basically, uh, she enjoyed the trip very, very much. She found the people to be very friendly. Um, in Russia, but uh, the one thing I remember is uh, she said the food was atrocious. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. 
you know, unless you like bologna and sausage and cheese for breakfast, there wasn't much else there, you know. And, uh, and going to the bathroom, you just you go into these these public bathrooms, and it's just a gutter right down the middle of the room. So there's no privacy or anything like that. Oh, so, good I mean, lord, good so lord! Like no no stalls at all. Nothing, nothing. Oh. But the okay, buildings that's... are very colorful. They're very colorful and they're very beautiful. Uh, well, I've heard anyway. I've heard that uh, in in Japan, the the public bathrooms in Japan are better than most people's houses. Really? I've never been to Japan, and I don't think I'll ever go to Japan. It's just Japan is one of those places like China. I have no desire whatsoever uh-huh. to go there. Yeah. I wouldn't mind well, going to Thailand, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Japan, nope, I can pass on that. North Korea well, the, definitely is not on my list either. Yeah. Well, the purpose of the call, though, was a year ago this past November, we took a cruise through the Mediterranean, and the cruise company held our money since uh, 19, which we, we allowed them to do that, and they gave us free uh, excursions at every port. And our first <clears> – <throat> I, I just – you just need to know one thing. When in, ni- in 1973, I was a junior in high school. I'm a classical saxophonist, and one of the premier pioneers of the classical saxophone movement uh, invited 12 people every year to study with him in Union College in Schenectady. And that year I got invited and got to know him. One of the instruments that he brought was a saxophone with no tone holes, no keys or anything, just a solid part. And it was for some exercises that he had to do. So anyway... Yeah, Rome, sir, I, I want to hear world. the conclusion of the story. It's like when you say the main purpose for my call, and I'm yeah. a minute from the break. So yeah, hold, hold on, I want to I want to hear this uh, story about uh, hot sex uh, in uh, the Mediterranean. I thought it only happened on Mykonos, but apparently I was wrong. Yep, that's pretty much the way I felt in the Dominican Republic. Uh, the only vacation I ever said, is this ever going to end? I just want to go home. I want to eat real food that's actually cooked and properly refrigerated. Um, hey, one disappointment I have today in our travel show, and I hope uh, you guys are getting some good ideas because it's the time of the year when people seem to be booking vacations. Uh, I mean, the ad- advertising certainly is out there for various spots, including Antarctica. Do you mean to say, with all of the paisans listening to my program, you mean to tell me that nobody has been to Italy or Sicily? Are you kidding me? I thought for sure I would get some of those calls, but not one person. And I'm very disappointed because that's I, I would love to go to those places, and I would like to know as much as possible about them, especially the food. Um because I understand the food is really awesome. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Garth in Clarence on WBEN, hello. Hello again. Here, Well, we went to Italy. Uh, we, we, well, finish uh, your story about sax first. Uh, sax first. Saxophone. Well, this will be, it, tie it in. The saxophone I played in 93, remember, had no holes, no, no keys, nothing. And I got to play that. So anyway... Fast forward to next last uh, a year ago, November, we're in, in Rome, and we're two blocks from the Vatican, and I go down to the concierge, and I said, where is this saxophone museum? There's two saxophone museums in the world, one in St. Louis 
and one in uh, just outside Rome. He handed me two train tickets. He said, take three uh, stops, get off, and it's right there. You can't miss it. We got off. We're walking. My wife and I were walking down this lone street with no houses or anything. See a saxophone museum sign. We read it, and we uh, it was in Italian, but we went down, found the building, knocked on the door, and the guy on YouTube that had been playing and stuff that interested me in coming to this place answered the door, brought us in. I, I told him who I had studied with, and he took me around the corner, and here was a large picture of that man mounted to the wall. And he had a lot of uh, jazz greats, their saxophones and stuff. In this museum, it was 600 saxophones on display, all the oddities, the way it was built, you know, and, and, and since 1840. And so uh, we're walking up and down. He's explaining every one to me and, and letting me know which was what. We rounded the corner. And here's the saxophone that I played in 1973. Really? The the owner, the family of the man, he passed away in 01. He donated, they donated two saxophones to this museum. And one was the one that I played in 1973. Well, that's pretty, that must have been uh, kind of cool, I, I must say. So, okay, I, I have to ask you because I brought it up. Um, you, you've been to Italy where in Italy did you go, and how was the food? Well, we did Rome, and we did Naples, and we were on the cruise. And so then we did the Mediterranean to, to Greece, Mykonos, and then over to uh, Israel. We did Israel uh, and all of that place there. The food is incredible. You can sit the ca- the outside cafes with the tables and stuff like that. It's just cool. They don't rush you. You can sit down, and you can just enjoy your food. And it's 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 incredible. Nothing here. But then, uh, you know, the Greek food, that that suffered a little bit. I didn't care too much for that. They cook differently. But Italian, uh, that was just wonderful. Did you have a lot of pasta or seafood or what? A lot of pasta and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> How's the pizza? Anything like buffalo pizza? Oh, no, it's much better. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a bold statement, sir. Buffalo is the yeah. pizza capital of the world. Forget Italy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you, Garth, the saxophonist. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Tom. Uh, let's get uh, back to some calls on WBEN. So what cool places have you visited? We've had people who visited New Zealand, Australia, Fiji, Patagonia, which really is a place, by the way. Um, here is uh, Richard in Clarence. Richard, you're on WBEN. Hello. Yeah, hi. Uh, well, you, you've mentioned a couple of other places since you've been on, but the place I was calling about is I've been to Nepal, and I've also been around the world to all the places like the Great Wall, Pyramids of Egypt, Thailand, Singapore, uh, and uh, other great places in the world. But you just asked about Italy. I own my home in Italy, uh, 14 generations of that home, and the food is just like my mother makes <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Let me, let me, yeah, just, let me just get this. Pretty... Let me. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me just get this straight. You own a home in Italy that has been in your family for 14 generations. Yeah, my fam, my father's family settled there in 773. We were left in the Alps to maintain order. Well, that'd be more than 14 generations. 773. Yeah. Well, th- this home is 14 generations. 
that, that okay what what is it like is it i mean i'm imagining some italian castle or is it a bit more rustic no it's not a castle it's a villa that's everybody lives in a villa oh my oh. village is not anything that my village is not anything uh great but if you go uh 10 minutes down the road from my village you come to a town called uh and it is a you walk into the street and it you back into the 1100s the village wow. has not been touched just like the 1100s was do you speak italian oh not a word my sister does <laughs> but i don't <laughs> uh, who, wait wait who does you cut out my sister uh, you, for whatever reason uh, the the, tel- the telephone does not want us to know who speaks italian because every oh, time i you said say, my sister my my sister speaks italian gotcha gotcha um so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but it still it still does not still does not uh, compare to being in Nepal in 1994 too, not last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's like out of the way. As a matter of fact, I'm planning on uh, one one of two vacations. Either it's going to be Tibet or the Silk Road, and I don't know about the Silk Road right now, but Peak Tibet is popping up next. Um, what what is there about that part of the world? And I, I must confess, I have zero interest uh, in in going to Tibet or Mongolia uh, or any place like that. What is it that enchants you about that part of the world? It's extremely old and it's set a beaten path. Not many people go there. <laughs> it's like my sister said to me once. You no, know, you go places where nobody goes. So that's exactly why I go. Uh, yeah, I mean, interesting. I mean, uh, is, uh, what what is Tibet particularly known for? What what do you do in Tibet? Like, hey, it's six o'clock at night, and here I am in Tibet. Let's go do what? Yeah, you go to sleep. <laughs> really? Well, how, about, you're walking how about around up in that up in that end? Well, how, about the, how, about the how about the daytime? How about about the daytime? You just oh, you, you just woke sleep. up, so it's a new day. Let's go out and do what? And you go. Go see the different uh, watts, uh, and you go see the different temples, and you see the people in the temples. But you see the population. It's not like the population is hidden away in their houses. Like, for instance, in Italy, if you go up to northern, everybody's in their houses, okay? Uh, and, uh, you know, if they're not skiing, then, the, you know, they're, they're just doing the normal thing. In, in, in Nepal, I mean, they're all out there conversing, going away, going, going around, uh, seeing the, the monks, the, te- the trap that the monks up there carrying wool on their shoulders uh, where they uh, sell it uh, in different marketplaces. Uh, it, it, it's just like one person said, oh, when the night that I got into Nepal, the sun had just gone down. This is in 1994. The whole village was lit by candlelight. Have you ever been anywhere where the village is lit only by candlelight? Only Uh, during power outages around here. Only during power outages. Right, yes. (laughs) Uh, Richard, I wish we we had a better connection, but uh, for whatever reason, your phone keeps uh, snapping out on us. i got to move on. I thank you very much. Uh, Let's go to Dan in uh, East Aurora. Dan, you're on WBEN. What kind of cool places have you been? What would you recommend to the people listening? Almaty, Kazakhstan. Uh, keep going. Uh, my wife and I lived there for two months. 
Uh, it's a beautiful city, and the people are spectacular, and the view, the mountains are unbelievable. So you got to tell us the story about how a couple of uh, Americans ends up uh, living for two months in Kazakhstan. Um, we went through Father Baker's, and we were adopting our children. Wow. Tell us. Do, do tell us more. Well, our children are Kazakh, not Russians, because the ethnicity there, our children are ethnic Kazakhs, and it was all through Father Baker's. Um, why did you have to live there for two months, and how do you get two months off of work? Uh, that was the policy, and that was what we did, and uh, Father Baker's took care of everything for us. We had a beautiful uh, penthouse apartment, <laughs> former Soviet, uh, whatever you, Soviet uh, bigwigs used to live there. But the people were very nice. It was very, it was, it was very enjoyable. Now, it, I, am I to believe that you don't speak Russian or uh, Kazakh? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Other than pivo, beer, um, want, you know, no, I don't, I don't speak it. How, how did you pay for stuff? Do they take uh, visa cards? Uh, no, you know what the weird thing was? There was an HSBC bank there, <laughs> and I had an HSBC account here, but for some reason they wouldn't allow me to utilize the bank there. So in other words, I had to bring a belt full of, full of cash, a lot of cash, uh, to pay uh, for. Speaking, speaking of a money belt, uh, is pickpocketing a big issue in Kazakhstan as it is places like Paris and London? No, it wasn't. It wasn't an issue at all. <laughs> Plus, all right. here's, here's a twist for you. I used to live in West Falls. I live over in East Aurora now. But my neighbor in West Falls, her brother was a detective in the city that we were in, in Almaty. So he would call our driver slash translator once a week saying, okay, how are the Americans? So I had an in with the police department. Oh, they were juiced, because, they were juiced in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. uh, did you have? Uh, I have to ask you. I hope you, this isn't too rude, but do you have like uh, the respiratory infection that's going around? No, I'm just smoked too much. Oh, jeez. All right, well, take take care of that. You want to be around for your kids? You you adopted. You went a long way. Okay. You got to be around for them. All right, man. I'll talk to you. All right, thank you. Uh, thank you very Bye. much. I uh, appreciate it. No, I was uh, kind of concerned about that. Uh, 803-0930-star-930-1800-616-WBEN. Kazakhstan. I, I, I can't imagine spending two months. Can you imagine spending two months in Kazakhstan? Uh, it was mentioned in the Sopranos. Yes, you are correct, uh, Sopranos fans. Uh, back to the calls. Niagara Falls is on the line, and it is Tony on WBEN. Uh, this is, I got to tell you, we're getting some places mentioned today that I never thought would be mentioned. How about, like, I'm waiting for Madagascar. I'm waiting for India. 
India, anybody? I mean, I really, it's been all over the place. And I still want to talk to somebody who's been to Antarctica. How about Iceland? Iceland's got a thriving tourist industry, complete with these beautiful horses in Iceland. Don't know that I'd want to go riding in Iceland. Might be a little bit nippy. Uh, you're on WPEN, Tony. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to tell you, our, our first uh, trip to Italy, we took one of those great tours. And uh, the, the Vatican was... Uh, a package deal, which was awesome because the line was from here to kingdom come. And the tour guide was explaining certain things as what we should do, what we could do, what we could see. And he was going to take care of the tickets. But upon leaving the bus, he comes back in and he says, I got to ask if anybody's got any weapons like guns or what. And nobody said nothing until I raised my hand. And my wife looked at me. She says, what do you have? And I says, I got this. And I pulled out this rather quite large pocket knife and gave it to him. Uh, Pino was his name. And he says, oh, mamma mia, you must be from New York. <laughs> so I told him, yeah. And I uh, took, the, uh, took the, the knife and I got it back at the end. But, no, Italy is awesome. I've been there quite a few times. Uh, the food the food, the, the plates are large, but the, the portions are little. It's okay. you know, kind of like a bummer, but it's very, very good. So what, uh, explain, because um, I'm really um, I'm really confused, but, I, I, like, are we talking pizza, pasta, a lot of seafood? No, no, I hardly ate any pizza. Uh, I had, like, gnocchis with gorgonzola sauce, different things. And just like that other man said, I had the, the cafeterias, they got uh, – the cheese, the crackers out, and, and grapes and fruits, and you just help yourself. There's no charge, and you know you you, you buy a cordial. You know you're sitting there with your wife or whatever. And and uh, matter of fact, we found a drink that we call a, a it's a, it's it's a spritz. It's an aperol drink, and and uh, we we come to find it's made out of aperol. So I I bought that. And we have that quite a quite a few times during the summer. And a, a couple of river cruises we've had, uh, we, we we ordered that drink, and all the people around us wanted to know what it was, and they we, they had to stop at the next port and get get some more aperol. <laughs> wow, good good for you. Part of the craze, yeah. But no, the the it's 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 amazing if you see the size of an artichoke. The artichoke is like double what you see here. It's like really larger than a grapefruit. The lemons oh are, are, are like oranges. It's like, it's spectacular. Wow. I've seen some very big artichokes in my life, but never one the size of a grapefruit. Oh, yeah. They're they're, they're larger than it. They're, like, you put your hands together, they're that big. Wow. And and the old Italian ladies, they sit there, and they're, they're peeling it. You know, they're getting ready for whatever, and they do it right out there in the piazza there, and just, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Oh, artichokes, uh, uh, stuffed artichokes are pretty awesome, I have to say. Yeah. The wife Bobby, Bobby the... Jays actually has some really awesome artichokes. Now you've got me hungry. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. Yeah, you won't go hungry, that's for sure. No, uh, I could afford to, believe me. Uh, Tony, uh, thank me you. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> thank you uh, very much, Tony, in uh, Niagara Falls. So uh, let's see, what do uh, Hawaii, Fiji, New Zealand, um, Patagonia, Kazakhstan, Nepal, Australia, what do they all have in common? Uh, these are places, uh, Istanbul, 
uh, these are places our listeners have traveled to. And if you watch TV for more than two minutes, uh, the tourist destinations are after your dollar. And I thought it would be a good idea today, uh, we usually do this this time every year anyway, uh, to take a peek at the cool places you have been. I'd like to say that for our Canadian listeners. 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, you might prefer uh, places that are uh, well within the beaten trail. You might prefer places that are a little bit off of the beaten trail, uh, such as Nepal, Tibet, Mongolia, the Great Wall. No desire to see these places. Isn't that weird? Uh, but, you know, look, I, I know that there's a whole world to see, but I've got my favorite place to go. You might have your favorite place to go. And I like getting away and yet feeling as though I'm still at home. It's kind of weird. It's uh, 11 minutes after 5 at News Radio 930 WBEN. So where have you been? Is there any place you've been that you would definitely not recommend to a friend? Like uh, Russia. Guy, and this was back in, what, 97. Uh, he was not particularly taken with uh, Russia. Uh, let's go to uh, Joe in uh, West Seneca, uh, WBEN. And uh, if, 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 I, I'm looking forward to going to Germany. Uh, I don't know how many of you listening have been to Germany and what you thought of Germany, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've never been, uh, but I'm always curious about the food because I don't want to say I'm a fussy eater, but you know what George Carlin said about fuzzy eaters? That's uh, that's me. <laughs> Let's go to Joe in West Seneca on WBEN. Joe, tell us a story of travel, Marco Polo. Hey, Tom. So uh, I know you had a couple Italy stories on already, but I wanted to give you my take because it has a lot to do with going back with family that came from the country that, uh, you know, you want to go see because you get their take on what it was like growing up in that time of, you know, my father happened to grow up in Italy during World War II, oh. um, so there was a lot of history involved. And when we initially set up the trip prior to that, about a month before, um, I was in an office with my general manager at work, and he said his daughter was going to be taking a backpacking trip through Italy and going to stop at the little town where his mother was born. And I said, oh, that's funny. My father was born in a little town. And I happened to mention Santo Stef something, or he said, Santo Stefano. I said, yeah, that's it. He goes, Joe, my mother was born there. Turns no. out my father and his mother went to school together. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> small world. Small world, absolutely. He knew cousins of mine, everything. And I never knew because different last names, he knew the other side of the family. So that was pretty interesting. Um so we, we know about a month later, we convinced my father to go and to fly for the first time and to go back. He was 26 when he left. He was now 75. Um, we get there. We, we landed in Rome, met up with some family, did the typical tourist stuff, the Colosseum and that. You know, it was fun. You know, it was enthralling because you're in Italy, um, traveling around with family. We didn't speak Italian. They didn't speak much English, but hand gestures got us by really well. And we went to the little town where he was born. That's when we really got that culture of Italy. And, you know, hearing his stories of, this is the road I used to take to school. Here's where my mother waved goodbye to me when I came to America in this apartment. Um, you know, he pointed to the house where my boss's uh, mother grew up <laughs> and uh, was now, now a storefront. Um, 
And then he took us to this little town, this little house that they grew up in, in the mountainside. I mean, Tom, it was like heaven on earth. And I, I told him, I said, how could you leave this? There were olive groves and it was just beautiful. And he said there were no jobs at the time. Um, but with that, he explained when they had to flee from the Germans in Italy because the Germans took over their house because it was a vantage point. And um, he expl- he showed us the well where he had told the stories that we always wondered if they were true or not. But he showed us the well there. And my grandfather threw all the guns and ammunition that they found afterwards because some of his friends actually got killed finding some of those live uh, rounds and such. Um, wow. So. So, yeah, so he showed us the well that they threw all the stuff down in, and he said that, you know, we could take claim to the house and actually rebuild it, get dual citizenship and all of that. Um, You know, but the small towns are where you got to go if you ever go to Italy, you know. Uh, You know, I mean, but the story that you're telling is just, I mean, I want to hear more about it because to go back to uh, your dad's home country with your dad to hear these family stories, I mean, that's something that I'm never going to be able to do with my grandmother in little uh, Gomering in Germany. Um, It's just just never going to happen. I mean, I know some of the things she described in that place, but to actually... For for you to actually have your dad tell you these first person exactly. stories and, and the connection right. to World War Two, what what are some of the more other uh, memorable stories? Well, as far as um, the trip, my my aunt. Now, my dad left when he was twenty six, returned as a seventy five year old man. We went to visit his aunt, where he used to work on the farm. She was still alive, Tom, ninety three years old. This woman had the energy of a thirty year old. Um, and her house still had holes in it from the shelling, the, the, the bombings and stuff that took place. So, um, you know, there's just so much history over there. And we think our history, when we go look at, you know, we've gone down to like the Blue Ridge Mountains and seen our pioneer homes here in America. You right. go to Italy, you're talking history. You know, you're talking uh, the, the Romans. My cousins were saying the Romans laid these, their lava rocks that they used for the, um, the roads up there. You know, um, it's just you see the aqueducts and things like that. So you're really standing in history when we, you know, this country is very young when you realize how, you know, how vast Europe's history is compared to here. Now, just out of curiosity, uh, the aqueducts built by the Romans, are they still functional? Are they still bringing the water from the mountains into the villages? Honestly, I, I saw them. What they look like in a way is our how our elevated subways are here, right. where the trains go over past like in Brooklyn and such. That's what it looked like. Um, and, you know, they have the Roman lettering on them and such. So you know that that's what they are. And my cousins were pointing them out to us. It was nice, too, because the cousins we stayed with in Italy, um, they took us on to places that they go to. So it was nice because you would go off instead of tourist traps. You know, we would go down these narrow roads, and all of a sudden there was a beautiful piazza with a fountain. And then we met up with more friends. There was a beach celebration. And... We went down there. Apparently, at, at midnight, at a certain day, <clears throat> they um, they all jump in the water in the ocean at midnight, and um, we happened to run into more cousins of mine. They introduced us. So everywhere we went, it was like another another adventure. And when we got to the little town, her my cousin's father has this beautiful villa, which we are going to return and visit. Um, and in the basement, he had a media room and all this. Mont, all this um, war memorabilia from up on Monta Casino, Monte I believe Casino, it was. Yeah. yeah, where all the they used to go up there and and sort through the rubble and stuff. And he's got some really cool artifacts. 
And um, he gave me a couple to bring back to my boys because they're enthralled with the World War II. Well, Monte and, Cassino, um, as you know, Monte Cassino is this ancient monastery. But the problem is that it offered the Germans this amazing vantage point uh, exactly. from which to snipe down at the Allies. So uh, the Allies bombed this ancient and historic monastery. But the problem is when they bombed it, what they didn't think ahead to was what they were doing was basically setting up an ideal area for the Germans to take cover. Ah. Uh. Well, they, they was a story my father told where one of the German soldiers, they threw my parent and my, my father and his family out of this house, and they took over, so they had to kind of like camp outside. And one day, one German soldier picked up my aunt, who was about six years old at the time, and my grandfather went to charge him because he thought he was going to do something malicious. And the, the, you know, the German motioned to him to stop, and then he pulled his wallet out and handed him a picture. He had a daughter the same age as my aunt, who was like six years old at the time, and he fed her because he said it reminded her of his, his daughter back home in Germany. So, Oh, my, my goodness. My goodness. Were, were any of your um, Italian uh, ancestors or Italian family, were they involved in the uh, resistance against Mussolini and the Nazis? So my grandfather fought with Mussolini over in um, the uh, African, in Africa. Mm-hmm. in that crusade or whatever they called it back then and he caught malaria so they send him home to die back to italy and um he basically was laying on the bed they were thinking he was going to die and uh, he brought the fever broke and he woke up and he said what's everybody doing go get me a glass of wine <laughs> wow, that's that's so, amazing i mean as, as yeah. i recall uh, when when uh, Mussolini wanted to basically rebuild the Roman Empire, and uh, the last thing Hitler wanted to do was uh, uh, send all his well, not all of his forces, but so many forces into North Africa. But he was basically forced to do it because uh, Mussolini's boys could not hold up against uh, the Allies. Um, yeah. Just wow! So what story, what a fascinating story that you you've yeah. Got. The wow. story my father used to tell us about my grandfather was he was in Ethiopia. And um, he said that the, believe it or not, I'm and I'm I'm only going by what he said, but he said that you know Mussolini's men they went there because they wanted to educate and you know um, basically bring them bring them more you know give them more education and such. Well, apparently the older Ethiopians didn't want anything to do with it, and they were in the, at night they were dragging soldiers out of the tents and and beheading them and. So it was a different time back then, and you know it was a culture change and so on. But um, that and the Italians actually used, over there. The Italians actually used poison gas against the Ethiopians from the air. Well, well, what what he said was that this is my father now telling us the story. But he said that you know, according to his grandfather Mussolini was like, well, the older generation isn't going to want to isn't going to want to change, so we just have to exterminate them. So I think wow. that's where the gas might have came in. And um, just another footnote, this town, Santo Stefano, which is kind of nestled in the mountains about an hour from Rome, um, the gates on the town, they used to close them to keep out invaders. They were There was a, a, a date on them of 1600 and something, you know. Uh, that's wow. how all these gates have been standing. And um, so another interesting bend to the story is the gentleman where my father, he, he came here, he, he had to immigrate to Canada because at the time America wasn't accepting immigrants from camp, from Italy. So he immigrated to Canada and his brother sponsored him and so on. But met my mom came here. They ended up getting married. Um, he had settled in South Buffalo. 
Now, the interesting thing is the gentleman across the street from him, who just passed away at like 95 years old, he was a bomber in the, because when my father talked about having to flee from the Germans, there was a, a, a leaflet campaign where they dropped leaflets down to tell everyone to run because they were going to be shelling the town, the Americans. The gentleman across the street from us was an American soldier in one of those bombers. He used to fly in the, uh, what do you call those, the tail gunners? Yeah. And he w- he was on that campaign that blew over my father's town. So there's That's, so many intertwining connections, you know? That That is amazing. And typically the tail gunner position was occupied by guys of small stature because you had to be kind of small to fit in that particular location. In fact, they just identified the remains of a tail gunner lost in World War II um, uh, who actually was on a mission he wasn't even supposed to be on. He was sitting in for somebody who was sick or something. But uh, thank you, Joe. That That's really a very fascinating tale of your trip to uh, Italy. Would you, for those who don't have family in Italy, I mean, obviously, you had a very unique and special and almost holy experience. Um, yeah, I cried on the way home, Tom. It was that moving. I, I cried. I, I, I can well imagine. That's why Very, very few people get to experience what you did. Um, do you think other people would uh, be as emotionally moved by it or enjoy well, it as I'll much? Well, I'll say this. My father never flew before, so he was a nervous wreck when we flew to New York to take our connecting flight. But once he was realized about the flight, it wasn't so bad. Anyway, he ended up staying. His trip was two weeks longer, his plans two weeks longer than ours. So he had to fly home by himself and so on. Um, but with that being said, um, I would say to anybody that can connect with family that, you know, even if they're not for whatever memories they have, because those stories will be in my heart forever. I can, I could go back to Italy a hundred times and it'll never be like that trip. Well, make sure, you know what, Joe, before I let you go, make sure you write those stories down and upload them to one of those family history sites, because those are priceless memories and they should be recorded for history because history wasn't just made by guys like Mussolini. It was made by people like your family. And uh, thank you very much, Joe, in West Seneca. Um, what, what, an, what an amazing story. That was, and very rivetingly told, I might add, like a, prof, like a professional broadcaster. All righty, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN, and we've been talking about uh, travel and the cool places you've been and have some great stories today, like uh, best travel show ever. Uh, I want to get the big picture right now as far as what the hot destinations are because uh, I've seen ads uh, over the past few days for uh, Croatia and Antarctica, of all places. And joining us on the Trocare College WBEN live line is Tanya Garcia with the AAA of Western and Central New York. Uh, Tanya, thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. So what are the the hot destinations uh, for Western New Yorkers uh, right now? You know, we're seeing a lot of different hot destinations. I think um, our top five destinations have been – Caribbean cruises or in Orlando, which are, it's kind of funny because Orlando usually is our number one destination, but the cruise world has taken over in 2024. But we're still seeing people going and require, are requesting uh, Punta Cana and Aruba. Um, even Jamaica is out there right now. So those are our, our top five um, that we're seeing currently. And of course, European travel, we've seen a huge uptick in European travel too as well, which is really great to see. 
Um, in Well, Europe is a big place. Any country stand out more than any other? Oh, absolutely. So Italy is still number one on everybody's bucket list, and it still um, proves to be number one when people are looking to travel as well. So anybody that's looking for traveling to Italy, um, get in and, and start making those bookings now because we're definitely seeing an uh, increase in interest, which means a decrease in inventory and um, finding availability too as well. Um, how, how far in advance do people typically book um, vacations like Europe? Yeah, so that has been like a different trend um, since the pandemic. So now that we're back up to pre-pandemic levels of travel, we're seeing people booking um, all over the place, honestly. We're seeing a lot of people booking, you know, for that last-minute getaway um, and trying to find some inventory and try to find flights to get to Europe. But I would say typically, if you're looking to book a European vacation, um, that six-month mark is probably the, the, you know, the latest that you want to um you know, reach out to. If I'm, as far as airfares, um, many schools have thoughts uh, of thought on airfares. Do you, based on your experience, uh, unless somebody's buying a package where everything is uh, going to be included, is there a best time to buy airfares or a best time to try to upgrade to first class? Oh yeah. So a couple things with airfare is um, the. The tickets, uh, the ticket inventory there, or the class, the, the class of seating too as well. So we don't want to go with those economy seats because they're not flexible enough. So if you are interested and you are, you do want to um, get those upgrades. You want to go with those standard rates or those flexible rates as well. Airfare timing is always, they say, you know, within I would say like 30 or three three months prior to your destination or departure, you want to start looking at um, better airfare, but. You know, honestly, airfare uh, fluctuates all the time. So if you're finding a good deal with air, grab it. Um, we There's some really great apps out there that help you monitor airfare rates too as well. But right now, what we have been seeing, our airfares can go any which way, um, even in within an hour. So they can increase those fares on you at any time. So um, I would always say earlier the better. I personally just booked my airfare for a, a vacation that I'm taking in January of 2025 over the weekend because I found some really great deals. So keep searching, um, keep looking, and when you're finding something that just seems like a good deal, grab it when you can. Okay, so uh, you, you mentioned the apps. Uh, I, I, what apps uh, might you recommend people keep an eye on to keep an eye on airfare? Oh, sure. They have Google Flights is something that we use. Um, we I'm also sorry, say, use say that again. Uh, say that again, please. Uh, Google Flights is something that we use. Um, we use Hopper as well. Um, also, if you're looking to find the best value, speak to your travel advisor about uh, packaging because a lot of our um, travel partners, they're, they can they get uh, inventory on those flights and they can get you a little bit of a better deal than going direct sometimes. But if you're going to go direct, you can take a look at Google Flights. You can do that hopper. Um, and then you can do, you know, just research with your own apps online. Uh, so the airlines have apps that uh, will give you their their flights, their inventories. And um, it's kind of nice just to go in and keep looking for them. And when you find that flight that seems like it's a great deal, you know, you you have the opportune time to grab it. So, you know, you, you mentioned Jamaica, Tanya, at the beginning of our conversation, and recently the uh, United States State Department put out a, uh, a warning or an advisory uh, 
of concern to Americans traveling to Jamaica and one of the other Caribbean islands whose name escapes me. Is that something that uh, people are taking seriously or just uh, common sense? We're going to go anyway. Oh, yeah. So I think it's very important um, to know we aren't seeing very many cancellations due to those um, advisories out there. However, we are um, getting more and more inquiries about, like, how do I stay safe and do you have any recommendations as I go out there into those vacation destinations? And, of course, you would do what you would do at home, you know, be diligent, be vigilant, um, be aware of your surroundings. If you're traveling, travel in groups. Um, you know, letting people know where you are, especially when you're on those cruise ships, you know, you can let people know what destination you are in and when you're in those destinations as well. And, you know, just kind of be aware and take a look around. The government also has a program that you register with um, so that you can receive updates on any advisories while you're in destination as well. Um, I think this is a great time to talk about travel insurance. You know, we recommend travel insurance all the time it doesn't it doesn't only cover if you need to cancel but it covers you while you're in destination too so any of your AAA um, travel advisors or if you have an advisor that you're working with you know definitely inquire about travel insurance because it's a really great opportunity to cover your investments oh i've had to avail myself of that uh, once or twice due to some unforeseen circumstances not having anything to do with uh, safety uh tiny garcia is with the uh, AAA. what are uh, just out of curiosity are you getting any interest in uh, croatia or antarctica because they've been putting money into uh, some of the tv channels encouraging to oh yeah yeah, absolutely. So Antarctica is actually one of our, our top destinations. There's a lot of cruises that are going there, and we're seeing um, a variety of different age age ranges that are interested in Antarctica. So um, you can fly down to South America, catch a cruise from South America that goes to Antarctica, um, and then um, kind of go through there. Croatia has always been a really great destination, too, as well. There's some really um, wonderful places to visit there um, and in destination excursions and activities in Croatia. I know that they are big on truffle hunting there. Um, I know I was signed up for truffle hunting at one time when I was going to be, when I was going to Croatia and I was really excited about that. So I think that that is a great opportunity or a great place to visit, especially if you're a Game of Thrones fan, because I know they did a lot of their filming in Croatia. I was going to say, what kind of gun did you use to go truffle hunting? Oh, so they have dogs, actually, and the dogs actually go through into the travel. Yeah, they do the um, truffle hunting. Isn't that great? I've never seen a truffle walking around. Uh, we're talking with uh, Tiny Garcia with the uh, AAA. Domestically, uh, we've been talking today about kind of exotic destinations, but domestically, uh, what are the hotspots? I'd imagine Hawaii is always near the top of the list. Yeah, absolutely. Hawaii is always that destination uh, wish list on everybody's bucket list. But uh, I think that one of our biggest uh, increases, Orlando, Florida, it's always number one. It's actually number two on our list after cruising right now, currently for trends. Um, I think it's the ability to get to Florida having beaches on both sides. So no matter what side of Florida you're at, you're always going to have access to a beach. And, um, you know, that's a great opportunity to go to Clearwater or Tampa and um, or go to the Kennedy Space Center. A lot of our cruise lines go out of Florida. So a lot of people do pre-stays um, and post-extensions after they before they go on a cruise or when they come home from a cruise too as well because they're not ready to, you know, come back home to this cold weather that we have here up in Buffalo.
What's the biggest thing people forget on vacation where they call you in a panic? So I think that they forget that they have their apps on their phones for their airlines. <laughs> so I would say, you know, um, if they there's a flight delay or a flight cancellation, um, we get a lot of phone calls here at AAA. We have a 24-hour access to travel advisors during and uh, during your travel. But um, you know, those those apps on your phones are really really important. So don't forget that phone because you're going to get updated with your airline through the app faster than any anything else. So faster than email faster than what when we even can understand when those delays and those uh those flight delays and cancellations happen so make sure you remember your phone um and i think also people forget uh when it comes to travel that passports are important even on cruises uh and six month validity when you come home from those those vacations is really important with your passport so if you're thinking about going on vacation pull out that passport and take a look at the expiration date and ensure that there's six month validity from when you return from your your vacation as well renewed mine not all that long ago with the ugliest passport picture in the history of passport <laughs> pictures um very disconcerting i might add uh tiny garcia with the uh, AAA of western and central new york um the, uh, the other thing, too, is you, you talk about cell phones. Um, people obviously don't want to get burned with uh, charges on cell phones. What do you tell people about traveling with cell phones and making sure that they don't get burned with ridiculous uh, charges, fees, and uh, roaming fees? Oh, absolutely. So I have been um, charged with some of those fees myself, so I have learned the hard way. Um, but ensure and talk to your cell phone carrier prior to leaving and letting them know that you're going to be out of the country. They do have programs where you have cell phone, um, you know, pro, uh, cell phone um, options for international travel. One of my favorite apps to use while I'm out in destination is um, – the uh, messenger app on you know facebook or messenger whatsapp on um on my cell phone because as long as i'm in uh an area that has wi-fi i can message and call through those apps too as well so if i need to make a phone call home i'm able to contact them as long as i have a wi-fi available but if you're looking to use your phone too, cruise lines they have wonderful uh, Wi-Fi packages now. Things have definitely changed from for, from a cruising standpoint. Um, you can get some service out there on in the sea, but uh, I think for sure just letting your your cell phone carrier know that you're going to be out of the country and working with them to see what is the best package for you. And in about 30 seconds, COVID still a big concern for people. So COVID, we're seeing a de decrease and decline in, in con concern, of course, you know, do the same thing that we've been doing since COVID came out, wash your hands, don't travel if you're not feeling well, um, and, um, you know, if you're feeling sick, take a test and, and be aware of, of, you know, what you're feeling and how you're feeling. Um, we're not seeing a huge, we're not seeing really any cancellations due to COVID anymore. Well, interesting news. Uh, Tani Garcia, I want to thank you very much for joining us from the AAA of Western and Central New York and the True Care College WBEN Live Line. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya Garcia. Let's go to Ron in Canada on WBEN. They've been a tremendous show. I've Destinations you guys have been to kind of blow me away. Ron, you're on WBEN. Hello. Hello, Tom. How's your name? Go, go right ahead. Uh, speak up, please, so I can hear you. Yeah, I'm standing beside the window downstairs so I can get you. I was in Mongolia in 99, parachuting with the Mongolian army. It's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. 
tell you, it's, uh, it's rough country. Mongolia. Did you have a chance to take part in any Mongolian cluster dance? Uh, I, I did, actually. <laughs> the roads are very wide. It's like Russia 1950s. I was there during the Golden the Dam, which is their festival where they have uh, horseback riding, shooting bows and arrows from horseback, shooting weapons from horseback, AK-47s, kids riding out in the desert for hours at a time, uh, feeds some strength with wrestlers, and uh, and it's a big, hard desert out there, perishing in that desert. It's hard as a rock, man. Lots of clean water, and I got to go on the Marco Polo route, I'm a real Marco Polo fan. I visited the Marco Polo Bridge outside of in China also, which is used daily. So I was on the old Marco Polo route. It's kind of nice. So That's what Marco was, Polo came around. What, what time of the year did you go to Mongolia? Geez, you know, I'm trying to remember the Golden the Dam Festival. I think it was summer. I just don't – it wasn't winter. I know that. Uh, how, was, uh, hot, how hospitable was it? You mentioned desert. Was it uh, hot? Was it cold? No, it was not hot at all. It was hard as a – excuse me, hard as a rock. It was not hot at all. We jumped about 200 clicks north of Ulaanbaatar of a Russian uh, hip helicopter. So it was nice rolling hills. There's mountains in the in the, uh, in the uh, distance, and of course Siberia is off in the distance there too. And it's wow. just lots of rolling hills and desert and wolves and uh, and clean rivers, man. The people are very friendly. Big people, very beer drinkers, very friendly. They like Canadians. They like the Yanks too. The Yanks were with us and some Germans. We had a very good time there about a month. Then back down to China. Uh, I'm sorry, you said China what? I spent some time in China, a lot of time in northern China, in the Chiria, uh, what, the old what Manchuria think, province. What did you think of China? China, I spent there a lot of years in China. It's uh, very communist. Everything is controlled. You have to be careful who you who you speak to. Um, people, will, If you speak to somebody, the police will grab them and say, what does that foreigner say to you? Of course, outside of Beijing, outside of the big cities, is real China, which is pretty poor, man. It's pretty poor, heavily controlled. Uh, I was in a couple of small villages where every morning everybody would come out and exercise with a little mile books. It's a uh, it's rough country in the north. It's, it's In the north, is poor. The big cities are different. Right? Shanghai, Beijing is like Toronto and New York City. It's expensive. But you go to the real China and you see the... See the real people. I mean, traveling is difficult. You're not going to rent a car and drive around China. You have to be careful. How did you get around rail? Yes, train service is uh, pretty darn good. The old train. Wow. So I got to travel in some big old, big old. Actually, got to travel a steam train. That was a long time ago. That's uh, uh, pretty amazing. These old trains. Now, John, thank you. I'm sorry, Ron, thank you uh, very much. Appreciate the call. All right, somebody who's been to Mongolia. We had somebody earlier who had been to uh, Nepal. Wow. Uh, I, I must admit, uh, there are some places uh, I have no interest in going to, even if I may have cousins in those places like Tibet and Mongolia, uh, and if, for that matter, China and Japan. Just no interest. Um, but, you know, we all do what uh, we enjoy doing and uh, where we like to go. Uh, thanks. I, thank you very much for all the calls. I can't believe I wasn't even, I was, this was going to be like an hour or two show. I was not expecting such awesome calls with such diverse, uh, destinations that people were, uh, uh, advising us, uh, about as far as where they'd been. So thank you very much. Thanks to, uh, Tanner Saunders for magnificent work, uh, behind the glass at news radio, nine thirty W B E N. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.